welcome to Game Face episode 178 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, but you can just call me the Hamburglar. Oh, yeah, you are wearing that shirt. <laughs> and this is Matt Kyle. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Denfire. He's at mkyle. Mm-hmm. At least uh, you're not Father Shane again. Yeah, yeah. That'll come. I, I People still call me went. that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm probably too fat to wear it now. I haven't tried to wear it for a while. Well, clearly they uh, they caught you embezzling the funds. They did, yes. And, uh, what no, what funds are those? Took away your private jet and put you in jail. <laughs> so, happens to all of them eventually. Yep. So we're here to talk to you guys about the biggest and brightest in games, and there's nothing bigger or brighter this week than Gamescom 2019. So we're going to get into all that stuff. Uh, a couple more things. Sifted Fantasy League, Locked Out. Taking no more new people, so if you are interested in that, it's too late now. We're the getting, fantasy is over. Yeah, we're getting set up for our draft. If you're in the league, stay tuned. You're going to get a notice about our draft day and time pretty soon. Um, what else we got? A uh, note, uh, Labor Day weekend, which is not this weekend, but the weekend after. I am Audi. Uh, I am going back to the East Coast for the long weekend. Uh, and unfortunately, I couldn't afford flights on like Friday and Monday because they were outrageous. Mm. So I'm actually leaving on Thursday and then getting back here on Tuesday. So week after next, there will not be a game face on Tuesday. And then Labor Day weekend, there will not be a two days high score. I'm going to take a few days off. I think I've earned it. (laughs) I think I've just worked now like 18 days straight again. So uh, definitely need a little bit of time off. I'm going to go home and see the family for a couple days. I can't believe that's that soon. Yeah, it's fat. It's coming up fast. And you guys should do the same. You should disconnect for a weekend, get together with some friends, with some family, do some barbecuing, and have some fun, and get off of Twitter and Facebook and all that other crap for a little bit and just kind of recharge. Um, but anyway, Gamescom is going on right now. It all kicked off yesterday. Um, before we get into the particulars of what happened yesterday, I just want to have a general comment about this year's Gamescom, and it is gigantic compared mm-hmm. to prior years. So yesterday, after eight hours, so everything started at 8 a.m., and then around like 4 or 5 p.m., I actually looked at the count on our Gamescom content hub, and the the total number of of videos and content on there was only 30 shy of the entire show last year. Hmm. So this Gamescom is going to be at least twice Mm -hmm. as big as last year. It might be the biggest one ever. Yeah, well, I mean, we said last year, like, we're expecting it to become more and more of a focal point of the year as E3 kind of diminishes in importance and it looks like uh, that's delivering. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, E3 after E3 with uh, even more, really. Yeah. Uh, everyone actually showed up to this one. For sure. Um, so anyway, let's let's kick off the show. Let's start talking about Gamescom. We have a ton mm-hmm. of stuff to get through. Also, I've never seen, on like just on Twitter in general, like my social media feeds, I've never seen so many of my friends in games media in Germany. Yeah, for the, like the more people yeah. I think went this year than any other year. I Seems think. that way. Um, and IGN is doing like live streams all mm-hmm. week. And look, there's a lot more to come from Gamescom. Don't get me wrong. And we'll wrap up the stuff that happens over the next couple days on Game Face next week. But I think we've got the bulk of it already because of the press conferences. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Gamescom 2019. There were three big press conferences yesterday, which is also unheard of for Gamescom. Mm-hmm. That just simply doesn't happen. You don't Uh, really hear the phrase Gamescom press conference much to begin with. it's like it's not a thing. Um, But this year, it is a thing. Uh, The first press conference yesterday was the Inside Xbox show. Ended up being around 90 minutes long. uh, Packed with content. 
but I don't know if the content was all that compelling. Microsoft's kind of in a weird place where it has these big games that it's working on, like Gears is coming out soon, and that's a big game for Microsoft. It also announced at during this event that X19 is happening in November in London. Mm. And they kind of well, started... what are they going to talk about at that? Well, that's what they were saying. They're, they kind of started hyping it up, and they were saying, look, like, there's some stuff we're not talking about today, but you're going to get it at X19. So I don't know if, like, we're going to get, like, a new look at Scarlet there, but they were definitely pumping it up big time. Um, let's talk about the stuff that Microsoft did show. As I just said, Gears 5 is its biggest game. It's coming here in, what, about two months, a little mm-hmm. less. Um, and so... Rightfully so, Gears got a gigantic blowout. The big thing that it focused on was Horde Mode. Horde Mode, for those of you who don't know or have lived under a rock for the last, like, eight Mm. years, is a cooperative mode where you just take on waves of enemies. Um, It's a Gears staple. It's been a part of the franchise for how long now? Uh, Let's start with Gears 2. Gears 2. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're right. That was the first one that had it. And it's been in every one ever since. And while other games had it before Gears... For whatever reason, Gears has kind of become the poster child for Horde mode. So, yeah. Well, they were the first, the, uh, at least the first that I remember. Yeah, I think there were other smaller games. I mean, certainly there have been other survival modes and stuff, but they, they this is the first thing to really make it a, a big mode, a big deal, something they really clearly spent a lot of time on. Um, and then they put it in Halo for uh, was it Fireteam. Yeah, well, we're going to get to that. But like, no, nah, it makes sense. Oh, you mean they put the mode the in? The mode in, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in, yeah. So, ODST had it. So Horde Mode's a big deal for Gears, and... This is, I mean, of all the people I know who play Gears, like, regularly and a lot, like, this is the thing they play the most. Yeah. Um, I tend to... Pro- oh, I played, the in the last Gears, I played Horde Mode way more than I played competitive multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Way more. Yeah. And so the Coalition recognizes it's a big part of Gears, and it has dumped a lot of resources into this mode. It's almost made it like a hero shooter. Mm. Uh, each character now has an ultimate, um, and they're different for each one. Again, just like all the hero shooters that we've been playing and seeing over the last three or four years, ever since Overwatch came out, really. Uh, so it has kind of that angle to it. I don't know that the Gears characters really work for that. Because they all kind of look the same. They're all pretty similar, but, like, you know, I guess they have personality for the most part. Yeah. So, it's mo- I, th- I mean, I imagine it'll mostly just be a fight to see who gets to play Coltrane. Yeah, (laughs) the best character, hands down. Uh, So there's ultimates, there's boss fights, which it's always, well, not always, but the last couple installments have had kind of boss fights, but it's a big part of it this time. In fact, the whole mode kind of reminds me, you sent me a text about Fantasy Star Online this week, Mm -hmm. and it almost sounds like Horde Mode is a little bit like Fantasy Star Online, which I am 1,000% okay with. Um Basically, you fight through waves of enemies, and then at the end, you tackle like a big boss. Mm-hmm. So, so it's something that we're—it's a design that we're all pretty familiar with, and uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool and pretty awesome. Uh, I think it was a good idea to show this here because, as we'll see in a little bit when we start talking about some of the other press conferences, Microsoft made sure that Gears had different representations in the different press conferences to kind of cover all the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought. It had a good showing. It looks good. It looks fun. Um, I don't think anyone's going to mistake it for Overwatch just because of the characters that are kind of a part yeah. of the franchise. But to me, it's it's looking fun, and it's and it's looking like something that I will probably play more than any of the multiplayer stuff. And again, I was in the tech test and already played the multiplayer. 
Uh, and if you want to hear my impressions of that, you can go back a couple episodes and hear those. I was not overly enthused by it, I guess, if you want the, mm. crib, the crib notes version of it. So I'm looking forward to Horde Mode as something that's going to, if I were to buy the game, would give me extra value beyond the campaign because Gears campaigns typically are not that long. Usually you get around 12, maybe 15 hours out of them, and they're kind of finished. So that's Horde Mode for Gears. And then the other big announcement they made during uh, Inside Xbox is that there are going to be Halo character packs in Gears of War. So Halo Reach is the one that they put the trailer out for, and that's what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are going to be others eventually that where they're bringing Halo into mm. Gears. Can't wait for Banjo. <laughs> yeah, until Banjo's in Gears. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't Give be, that bear a chainsaw. It, it wouldn't be super off-brand to put Conker in there. No, it wouldn't. Give him a chainsaw. I mean, he has a chainsaw <laughs> already. That's like his weapon of like choice. Like a big, like, roided-out, like, realistic <laughs> version of Conker. That'd be pretty funny. That kind of looks like Sonic from the Sonic yeah. movie. It's, yeah. It's just so weird. It creeps people out. It definitely would be the most popular character in the game. How do you feel about that, though, crossing the streams between uh, Halo and Gears in the same game? That's fine. You okay with it? Yeah, it's Horde mode. Horde mode's just, like, crazy time. Yeah. Like, it's great. It seems weird, though. I don't think so. Uh, I, think I think I think Horde mode is kind of fair game for whatever you want to do with it. Like, it's just, you know, it's clearly not canon. You know, it's, it's just this thing where you just fight endless waves of things and, you know, you want to have fun with it, that's great. Like, make it the Smash Brothers of Microsoft or something. <laughs> cool. I, maybe Bring I him used... the Crackdown guy. Like, who cares? Like, like you know, like, if, as long as the Halo guys don't show up in the campaign, like, I don't really, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I guess maybe I used the wrong word. I think the word I was looking for was desperate. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if Halo has more cachet than Gears at this point. Yeah, and, or if you're really tempting people in with Halo characters anymore, like Halo's Halo, to me, Halo's got some work to do, like you know, to to make me excited about it again, um, especially with the lead producer leaving yeah. this week. Like, I don't know what's going on over there, like over there and over at Bioware. Bioware is losing people left and right. Like, yeah, I'm kind of worried about Dragon Age, but um, no, I, I mean it's just one extra thing. Also, like you say, like everybody in Gears kind of looks the same, so you yeah. might have to, like add in some people. That, that <laughs> a lot have... of people probably wouldn't even realize that they're Halo Reach characters. Yeah, I mean they look a little different. They, they're Halo, Halo armor's cleaner, like yeah. not as yeah. not as nineties uh, and not know? as detailed either. Yeah, it's like smoother and flatter, and you'll, you'll be able to notice for people who know. Yeah, um, but I just feel like this was born out of some boardroom meeting where they all sat down and they're like, "Look, we just got the numbers from GameStop." Gears 5 is not tracking very well. We need something to kind of boost interest in this. What can we do? And then the first person says, let's bring Halo into Gears. Like, I don't know. I think, I think it feels like a pretty organic thing. Yeah. Like just crossing your two big shooter things over. And I'm sure the Gears guys will show up in the firefight mode of Halo Infinite, too. Like, it's just, you know, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yep. So that's what they showed of Gears at this press event. They showed something a little later that we're going to get to in a bit. Uh, next up, they basically shadow dropped, shadow released, whatever people are calling it these days, Gears Pop, mm. which is the mobile strategy game fo- set in the Gears universe, crossover with Funko Pop figurines. That's coming out at the end of the week. Uh, after not having a release date at all, they're just like, yep, coming out. That reminds me a little bit of how Bethesda handles its mobile stuff. Yeah, and I mean, that seems to be the best way to handle mobile things with, with like, kind of real game IPs attached to them. Like, you just, like, throw it at someone and be like, oh, it's okay, let's go. I mean, they did that with Elder Scrolls Blades, too. Like, if you log in, now you get, like, this huge uh, golden chest full of, like, things. And um, it's, I mean, it's a substantial uh, 
drop uh, if you if you're playing Elder Scrolls Blades. I don't play it a whole lot, but I log in once in a while to get the free thing. And uh, the Gamescom chest is uh, a fair amount of stuff. Hey Adam, uh, we're getting notes in the chat that the volume on the stream is really low, so maybe we should bump it up a bit. Yeah, I have chat here now, people, so I can actually see your stuff instead of straining on this iPad. So I can see that someone was saying uh, the volume is low. So maybe bump it up just a little bit, Adam. Um, what's next? Uh, they showed two new controllers for Xbox One. I liked one color combination, didn't really care for the other one. What were they? One was like blue and the other one was like a purple, I believe. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're nothing really special. They weren't like new colors of the Elite controller mm. or anything like that. They're just the base Xbox One controllers. Uh, PUBG Season 4, Player Unknown's Battleground Season 4. Um, have you played PUBG in the last like couple years? I've never played PUBG. Never? You still no. haven't after all this time? Nope. Wow. That's crazy. Just don't care. <laughs> you yeah. just had no interest. Nope. Did you see what the big story is for this? Uh, Crossplay with PS4. More... Oh, with PS4. Okay. Yeah, Sony is Sony is cracking it open, like Finally. everything. Finally, it's starting to break down that wall that it has around itself. Um, I, I'll admittedly, I haven't played PUBG since probably a year after it came out. I'm mm -hmm. guessing somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple friends that still play it on uh, on PS4. Um, I, don't, I just don't. I mean, I played a little bit of. Uh, uh, Fortnite. I played a little bit of uh, Blackout, and uh, it's about all. I, a little bit of Apex Legends is about all I need for that. John, I mean, I'm not a you're not a big shooter, not guy. a multiplayer person. Yeah, um, I admittedly didn't like PUBG when it came out because it was really janky and kind of oh, yeah. broken and missing a lot of features. And I know that they've added tons of features since then, and it's probably a much better game now. But the problem is, so many other battle royale games have come out since then that I would rather play. Even at the time, like, I would rather play Fortnite than PUBG. And now you have stuff like Apex Legends. Like, there's no way I'm going to play PUBG when I have Apex Legends. I'm mm -hmm. just not. Uh, they're too similar. One is far more polished than the other. Um, so to me, you know, I don't see myself going back to PUBG probably ever. I mm -hmm. totally respect that there are people that think it's the best Battle Royale game. And I will say this. It's the most realistic of all the Battle Royale games. And it's good that they've stuck with it and kind of improved it over time. But there's just... There's no hook for me with that game, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Like, the hook to me was, oh, it's kind of the first Battle Royale game. That was what attracted me to it. And once there were other options that, in my opinion, were better and more polished, I just kind of lost all interest in PUBG. Um, but Season 4 is coming. It definitely looks better. Yeah, I mean, over time, it's they've improved everything. Mm -hmm. Like, the traversal's a lot better now than it used to be. It has a lot more character now than it did when it first launched. I'll also give it that. But... To me, it's just like kind of this sterile, realistic battle royale game, and I totally get some people want that, and they respect, and I respect that. It's just not my cup of tea, and I'm guessing it's not yours either. No, if I mean you, nothing against it. It's just I just don't care. What battle royale game does appeal to you the most, Matt? Of all of them, Apex Legends. Is it Apex Legends? It's got it's got more interesting like traversal stuff. It's got the characters are more interesting to me. The 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 kind of the sci-fi angle uh, is more appealing, and it plays like butter. Because uh, it's respawn. Yeah. Um, but even I mean, it never. I don't think. I think I even uninstalled it at this point. I just don't. I don't keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played. But that is the, that is definitely the most fun I've had playing a battle royale game is Apex Legends. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough for me. I think Fortnite is still probably the most fun I've had. I still find Fortnite really clunky, and I don't know how to build anything properly. So like, I just feel yeah. comp- I feel like there's a whole half of the game that I'm not equipped to handle properly. And that's why I quit playing it ultimately is because I never got a grip on the building on the fly stuff. And if mm-hmm. you want to be a good player in that, you have to master that. There's just no yeah. ifs ands or buts about it. And I just didn't care enough to dive into it and mm-hmm. and kind of learn its nuances. I was actually a little more interested in the in the standard kind of save the earth. Yeah, world I had fun with that. Because it's like a horde thing. I like horde stuff. Yeah. You know, like that was more interesting to me, co-op horde. But Yeah, a little bit like tower defense too. It's not, it's not news to me that the uh, the majority of the gaming world is not in sync with my tastes. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I grew up a Sega fan. I know how it is. Yeah, yeah it's a... Uh... It's pretty strange because, like, you know, Fortnite really isn't about what it was when it launched now. Mm-hmm. It's about Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. and I mean, it's one of the greatest pivots in the history of games, really. It is, but, like, when we publish something for Fortnite on Sifted, like, it's tagged under, like, Tower Defense and all the mm-hmm. other stuff that it originally was. And it's almost to the point now where I go in and manually, like, delete those tags whenever I publish something because it doesn't really relate to that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's... But it's good. Like, it's good to see all these games kind of evolve over time, listening to fan feedback mm-hmm. and things like that. And PUBG. I do think it's funny that Fortnite added a mech before the Titanfall game did. Yeah. How weird is that? Think about it, Respawn. <laughs> it's I mean, I know people hate the mech, but, like, think about it. It is a little strange. That'd get me back in. Yeah. Yeah, mechs. Yeah, mechs would bring me back. Yeah. I would try that for sure. Yeah. Like, a day or two, if I really like it, maybe I stick. So, mm-hmm. uh, next up, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, this was not as big of a presence at Microsoft as I thought it was going to be. I mm-hmm. figured they'd do like a huge like gameplay blowout or a developer walkthrough of a single-player mission. Instead, we got this, which is a new trailer for Ghost War, which is a four-on-four multiplayer mode uh, that also was in Wildland, so it's not even like an entirely new mode. Uh, I get that they need to promote... Uh, their multiplayer because that's mm-hmm. what keeps really that's what gets people to buy. Also, games. this is a good venue to promote multiplayer because it's an easy booth presence. You know, like he's just set up the multiplayer booths and you have to do that kiosk, at Gamescom and you, just, and you get people in there and play it. And like it's the easiest thing, and it probably takes less time than letting each individual person play their own chunk of the single player campaign. So no, you're right. I and, get it. And at Gamescom, because the public is in the show, mm-hmm. you have to have something for them to do at your booth. Yeah. So you're right. It is kind of a marriage made in heaven with Gamescom. You need something for everybody to do. You have this multiplayer shooter. You can get 30 of them in at a time or whatever and get through the lines really quickly. It makes a Mm -hmm. lot of sense for something like Gamescom. Um, I'm not that interested in this. I'm interested in the more tactical stuff that they come up with for this than just your kind of more generic modes that they've had in prior Ghost Recon games. Uh, But there is like a beta coming and you can see all the details here. There's like five or six maps, dedicated servers. That's a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm still- I feel like that's becoming more and more expected. It's almost kind of the norm now. Yeah. Whereas it used to be something that was like worth being reported on. Right. Like that was that would be the announcement. Like, like all by itself. Yeah, yeah. So you you could go on Sifted right now and use the search engine and just search for that term and see how many like news stories have been curated on Sifted just around that. And you could also notice that it has fallen off drastically in the last like eighteen months to two years because mm-hmm. it's just like if you have a shooter and you don't have dedicated servers, that's a story now. Yeah. If you don't have dedicated servers. So good to see that they're falling in line and they're they're dedicated to making their experience as lag-free as possible. As again, really important in shooters. And shooters like Call of Duty lags like everything. Like that's the difference between living and dying when you're playing against good players. Mm-hmm. You're ping basically. Uh, so good to see that they're 
they're showing off the multiplayer and they're dedicated to doing it right. I just wish we got a little bit more. Um, next up, Wasteland 3. We got the first gameplay from that. Did you get to check it out? No. Which is funny because I'm a backer for this. I know. I know. <laughs> you've, you've talked about it a bunch of times. So they put out a trailer. It starts with cinematics. It eventually mm. kind of goes into uh, the gameplay. I, mean, How- I, w- I wouldn't think it's all that different than... It's not. What came before. Really. It's not, yeah. Um, and they don't really show off a ton of new features either where they're like, this is what it used to be like, and now it's like this. I mean, the main appeal of this, I think, is that it's in a, an area that we've never been to before. Like, you know, Wasteland generally takes place in a desert, and now we're in the Arctic or the snow, which is a different setting, which, you know, matters. I like how they peel back the fog of war mm-hmm. in this game. Um, so it's a feature that's been around for so long, and they found us they found a cool way to do it, which is hard to do after a genre's been around for that long. How yeah. big of a fan are you of the old Wastelands? Huge. I mean, the old Wasteland, um, I must. I mean, on the Apple IIe, I must have played the original Wasteland a thousand hours. Wow. Like, I, I played that game like for years and years, all through. So that came out like 88. I played that from when it came out. I played it all through high school. I played it, uh, and actually my copy like broke. Like the, the disc stopped working. And when I was, a, I think, a sophomore in high school, I traded my entire Robotech comic collection to a, one of my friends at it's in school for his copy of Wasteland, um, which by, by 1991 was probably a stupid trade. Yes. But they, <laughs> uh, I mean, the comics weren't worth anything either. But, um, but then I got it back and and played more on that because I kept that I kept that Apple IIe running until I left for college, basically. Even though we had modern computers wow. on the other side of the room, you just kept but, it because well, I had all my all the games. I, mean, I wasn't going to stop playing Karataka. Right. 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 But um, no, I played Wasteland over and over and over and over, and I do the thing where you just like made new discs, but then you loaded up your old characters and then swapped in with a new disc, so your old characters were saved on the new game. So you can go through the like a new game plus. You can go through that. I played that over and over and over and over. Like I loved Wasteland. And matter of fact, to me, Fallout is like, and I mean literally, it is because the developers couldn't get a Wasteland two made because EA. <laughs> that, right. The EA stuff goes back a long <laughs> way. Um, so they made Fallout. So to me, Fallout is sort of like a poor man's Wasteland 2, yeah. even though it was a great game. It was just like, yeah. well, it's the best we got. Right. Um, it's what Wasteland 2 would have been if EA hadn't been a dick. Do you think so? Because Wasteland 3 isn't really like Fallout. Well, no. It's but more it's, like XCOM Well, because Wasteland 2 became a very different thing because they made it, you know, 30 years later uh, after Fallout had already been made. So... Um, if uh, I mean Fallout was literally what they were going to make as the sequel to Wasteland, pretty much, but then they couldn't, so they made a different thing. Um, certainly, Fallout is funnier. Uh, oh yeah, had, had a more more satire to it. I mean, uh-huh. I mean Wasteland had uh, some bite to it here and there. But yeah, like, this trailer, I don't know, you haven't watched it, but at the mm, beginning, it has a little bit of that. Yeah, but it like, has the same tone. I like what Wasteland has evolved into, like with two and. Uh, and now, th- I mean, I feel like that it differentiates enough from Fallout Three or Fallout. The f- I mean, obviously, the Fallout's have become Skyrim clones, basically. But um, I like that they've kept Wasteland closer to kind of its original. I mean, not that it was. I mean, it was a turn-based like strategy game, uh, strategy RPG. No, it wasn't really. It was there wasn't a lot of movement, and it. it was more yeah. like you just got in there and you hit attack or whatever. Attack full auto burst, single shot, like whatever. Um, the, I mean, it was also it was so it was you know it's old game, so it's very primitive. Like it didn't have any of the story text in the game. When you got to like a big story section, it would just say like read paragraph forty three, <laughs> and you'd have manual. to pull out the big manual and go to paragraph forty three and read like a big block of text, <laughs> and that was the story for that part of the game. That's like, great. That's 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 how we used to do it, kids. Um, but I'm you know, mo- I, I haven't actually finished Wasteland Two. Um, it's a 
pretty long game. Yeah. Um, All these games in this genre are. They are. I don't um, know why that is. They're so, like, so cause bloated. Because that's, that's what the fans expect. Yeah. Like, they expect them to be Baldur's Gate 2 every time, basically. Um, but I'm glad these games exist. I'm glad they're getting to make them. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I backed this one, too. Um, not as a uh, investor, but just as a regular. Was it on Fig? It was on Fig, yeah. That was, was it one of the first? I think it was one of the first. Yeah. It was, certainly, it's the first thing I backed. Um, no, the first thing I backed on Fig was Psychonauts 2. But, yeah. um, uh, well, obviously, that was the first because right. they're the ones that launched Fig. But this, I think this and Psychonauts 2 are the only two Fig things I backed. But uh, Where you can actually like make money. Well, I can't. But, oh, so you weren't like, I'm not an investor. You're not I'm an just, accredited I'm just a investor. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Because okay. for that, you got to go through a whole credit check thing. I'm just like, you know what? Like, I just want to throw 20 bucks at you and get the to game. To make sure the game comes yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, so that's Wasteland 3, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. We've been waiting forever for new information on this. Uh, well, we found out how big it is. Yeah. 150 gigs or something? Yeah. It's huge. I mean, Destiny 2 already is huge. Yeah. I mean, it's over, I think it's over 100 gigs already. Yeah. I mean, my I'm, I'm like pretty full on my PS4 hard drive. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit Shadowkeep on that thing without deleting a few things. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't know if I want to delete anything for Destiny 2, frankly. Right, right. Like, the other thing I would say is after what we saw of this yesterday, I still don't know that I I know what's going on with this. Like It's still like it's on the moon. There's a threat called the Vex that you're going to mm. have to take on on the moon, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean. Is that all you need to know? I, get, I mean, the moon, <laughs> the moon coming back is, I guess, a big deal for yeah. some people. I mean, that you're back on the moon and the uh. Vex are a thing. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Like. Is anyone really playing Destiny for the story at this point? Like, I'm just... Give me something to shoot. I'm sure some people are. I mean, the story... The, the original campaign is pretty good. I don't know what this is going to be like. Um, but again, I don't know if I'll play it. Like, uh, but again, to your point, it sounds like it's gigantic. Yeah. Like, it's, it might be, you know, the equivalent I mean, of another campaign. I mean, my install is already at, like, 100, 100 gigs. Yeah. But, like, if you're going to add 50 to this thing, like, I, I imagine there's a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Because I think Destiny Or really too, inefficiently... Like a structured, <laughs> which data. is possible. I mean, yeah. um, because if I remember correctly, I think Destiny Two, the base game, was around forty gigs, right? Um, so that sounds about right. Yeah. And then it just started ballooning and ballooning until yeah, every expansion adds more. I mean, that's just how MMOs are. Yeah, yeah. But it got to the point where like I needed to delete something off of my PS4, and I looked at the list, and Destiny was like at hundred gigs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, later. Like, gone. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only reason I keep it on is I think because I don't want to re-download all that if I do decide to play Shadowkeep. Yeah. Um. But is it Shadow Keep? Yeah, Shadow Keep. Shadow Keep. I, I, keep, I wanna... keep mixing it up with Shadow Bringers because uh, that's Final Fantasy XIV. Right. I'm slowly grinding my way through that game too. Like I almost want to. I don't have a ton of interest in this, but I also almost want to return to Destiny Two just to mm. reward Bungie because yeah. it's indie now. It broke away from a big publisher. Yeah, I that don't is want a factor, it... definitely. I mean, it doesn't help that the Vex are my least favorite yeah, me. enemy to fight. <laughs> me too, because <laughs> yeah. they're a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, but weak points in their chest, like it's just it throws me off. Yeah. And if you headshot them, you get punished for it. You do. So. Yeah. So it does switch things up a little bit. I don't know that I want to play a full campaign of dealing with enemies like that, though. Yeah, I don't know. Also, it looks I haven't, good. I yeah. haven't played anything. I think since the first like little like yeah. expansion thing, I'd have to, I'd have a lot of catch up to do. Yeah. Oh, me too. I'd have to like watch a YouTube video to be like what's happened since the base game or whatever to have even context for what's going on wow. in that. What? Just, just movie news coming through. Oh. Matrix 4 is happening. <gasps> what? Yeah. What? Matrix 4 and Keanu Reeves is in it and Carrie Ann Moss is in it. And what? The Wachowski's coming back. And what? 
That's what I just saw pop up on my thing. And I think somebody mentioned it in the chat earlier, too. Whoa! I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> I mean, the Wachowskis said they retired. I mean, they shut their production company down and everything. So, like, if they're coming back, I imagine they have a good idea. Some idea. I, mean, I don't know if I want to say a good idea. I saw the sequels. I but, fell um, asleep in the theater watching the third one. But if you On can... a date, no less. Mm-hmm. If you fall asleep on a date watching a movie, it was just... There was just so much gunfire that it just turned <laughs> into this. the sleep. It, yeah. it did. It yeah, just well, turned into this din. The, it was like a lullaby. Well, the third movie has 40 minutes of a battle, like a Space Invaders style battle scene in which you don't care about anyone there. Yeah. And nothing they do matters because it only the only way you win is if uh, Keanu like does what he's doing at the at the Machine City. So like. It's 40 minutes of completely meaningless footage. Yeah. So, yeah, I can understand why you fell asleep during that. I never watched it again, either. I've seen it a few times. I mean, I don't hate the sequels, but they're just so far below the first one. Two is one. okay. It's Three, amazing. I cannot abide. Three is just a bad remake of Return of the Jedi in a yeah. lot of ways. Like, a lot of the same beats, a lot of the same structure. But we're way off topic now. Yes, we are. But, uh, but that's exciting That's, that's a big thing. It came yeah. through. Which also, also means, like, we might get a game. That's possible. A, a good Matrix game. Which has never happened. Never happened. No. <laughs> Sorry, Dave Perry. <laughs> Just being yeah. honest. Is it, Dave, is it Dave Perry or Doug Perry? Dave Perry. Dave Doug Perry, Perry was the editor at IGN. Editor at IGN. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Who now is a PR guy. Dave in Perry industry. runs Shine. I, man, I still feel bad. He's He handed me like a giant stack of Enter the Matrix copies at E3, the last day of E3, to, t- to take home so we could all review them. And like he was, and I gave it like a two out of five, I think. And he was so sad that... We didn't like it, and I was just like, "Come I'm on, sorry." Man. Like it was. You play other games, really you know. Like, <laughs> Maybe some of them don't know. I think. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> uh, next up, NBA 2K20. They showed the My Career mode, uh, which is the single player campaign story mode in uh, NBA mm. 2K. Absolutely star studded. Uh, they have celebrities all over this thing. Not the least of which is Le- LeBron James is like one of the big stars in it. That seems hmm. a little. Fun- is that Idris Elba? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, they got big actors for this. Having LeBron James though in it, it's a little weird to me. Like I get why he's is gigantic. He, and- oh, is he playing a, a character? Yeah. So he's not playing LeBron James. He's no, playing- he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But he's like involved in it. Like it's you know he has his production company. Yeah. And so he's trying to nose his way into into anything he can <laughs> in Hollywood. That's not a lot. That's a big reason why he moved to L.A. and played for the yeah. Lakers. He wanted to become a part of Hollywood and get his production company. I mean, going. I can understand that. Totally, his, his career is going to last only so long. Yeah, and, you wanna, and I mean, he's on the downside of it. Yeah, and so. he wants he wants to kind of have a Jordan post career. Yeah, I it's just that. a little weird to see like the credits and be like a LeBron James production. I mean, it's it's a little bit. Of I mean, a I would, of interest. I would say get used to it. Yeah, because I don't see stuff like that not happening in the future. Yeah. There's no reason not to be involved with him, especially yeah. for something like this. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're the one designing the story for this when your career is over, maybe you're still doing it, and that's a nice revenue stream mm-hmm. for your production company. Um, I will say this. It the it looks really good, my career. I mean, as far as, like, what the plot lines are, the actors that they've got in it, I mean, it looks like they put a big budget in it. Do I trust LeBron's production company to handle stuff like this? Probably not. I mean, it depends who's calling the shots at LeBron's production. I mean, I don't think he's in there day-to-day making all those decisions. I want to know who the lead producers are. I used to think that about Jay-Z and his Rock Nation company, but as it turns out, he is absolutely the one pulling the strings there. Mm -hmm. So, But Jay-Z is a musician instead of a ball player? I don't know. I don't don't know. know. I, I also have no reason to think LeBron doesn't know how to tell a story. That's true. I've never I've never been told a story by LeBron James, so I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, 
good point. But like, I like the idea of like a story-driven career mode yeah. and uh, with actual talent behind it. So, yeah. um, I mean, that has my attention more than anything in NBA 2K in a very long time, other than being good for my fantasy team. Yeah. Um, it can't uh, be any worse than the story mode in the newest Madden. Right. I, I mean, but it would be funny how, like, the, if, if, like, NBA 2K ends up being the thing that really nails the sports game career story mode. FIFA's af- is pretty good after, already. Uh, after, like, you know, well, but, like, with the production value and all this right, stuff, right. like, in the way that Madden started and it just backed off of. Yeah. Um, I, well, mean, I think it realized they're like, we can't spend four years on the career mode right. every time. You got you to make this into an assembly line. Yeah. Unfortunately, their assembly line was was not up to scratch. And uh, we ended up with what we got in Madden NFL 20. Uh, and then the last game that was shown. Oh. Another, more big news? Marvel and Sony and Spider-Man partnership. No more MCU Spider-Man. What? That's horrible. All this crap going That's on horrible. into the show right now live. That's crazy. Horrible. That is Sony, horrible. you idiots. That I is... knew I knew we were in trouble when Amy Pascal slapped all her production company crap all over Far From Home. That, Those, that is bad. Yeah, and Venom making tons of money. Because Sony's Spider-Man movies are not good. They're terrible. I mean, Into the, Into the Spider-Verse is fantastic, but that's Sony animation. Right, that's right. Not, yeah. That's not Sony Pictures and Amy Pascal and all those idiots that made Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 and almost killed Spider-Man movies forever. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, Tom Holland, I mean, man, it's because Venom made $800 million. That's why. Yep. They, they think they can do it on their of own. Course. And now they're making a Jared Leto Morbius movie. And, oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, they might be back after those movies bomb. But, like, yeah. man, just just throw, like, $5 billion at You're Sony. You're basically just putting everything on a six-year hiatus. Yeah. You're not going to get a good Spider-Man film now for... Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, just... Marvel should just, or Disney should just throw like $5 billion at Sony and get Spider-Man back. Pretty and much. get everything back it's worth in house it. and call it a day. You can make it with like, make it back with like two It's the only thing films. you don't have now. Yeah. Like just, just, it's just crazy. throw money at them until they say, okay, fine. Yep. Sony will take it, I promise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last game that was shown at uh, Inside Xbox at Gamescom 2019 was Greedfall. Have you been tracking Greedfall? I don't know what that is. So it's an action RPG from Spiders. Oh, you're, I like Spiders. You're familiar with Spiders. Yeah. Uh, this game has been tracking very this is well. The, they made uh, the, the Techno... Technomancer. Technomancer. Yeah. yeah. As I notoriously played for like 60 hours, and when I finished, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> I just got like seven texts from seven different people about the, Sp- the Spider-Man <laughs> thing, all going, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> like, like, Wow. Wow. Uh, Greed, but this game is tracking really well on Sifted. Literally, probably if I went back over the last few months, it's probably one of the most trafficked games on the site. So people yeah, now have, I remember what it is. I remember because like yeah, I like the I like these guys. Mars yeah. Warlogs and Technomancer. I like their they're they kinda they're kinda the perfect level of like double A Euro jank. Yep. Like <laughs> And I would suspect there's gonna be a good bit of that in Greedfall as well. But it has really resonated with the folks on Sifted. People are loving the game. Uh, the trailer that they revealed at uh, the Xbox event is for Companions and Romance. So um, that's not really something that Spiders has done in uh, its prior games. There was no romantic options in the Technomancer. No. Um, there were party members, but there were no uh, romance options. So that's a big change for them for this. I also think just the setting and the tone and the characters are far more interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. Are we, are we going to see these guys? take over the the vacancy that Bioware has left? Maybe. That kind of like companion-driven, character-driven... I wouldn't like, go that far yet. RPG. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the old Bioware... The good old Bioware games, it's not like they were like technological masterpieces. No, that's true. You know? Yeah. Like... It wasn't about that. It was really. Yeah, it was about the storytelling. And yeah. like, I mean, doesn't look like Bioware is going to be able to step up into that. 
least not unless Dragon Age Four is good in however many years that takes. Like, unless they have there's a really good. There's hire. a vacancy here. Like, yeah. like they if they're if they can step up for it, they could you know this could be something. This is definitely one to keep an eye on. If you haven't been paying attention to it already, you can go to its game page on Sifted, and right next to its title, there's a little gear for its settings. And you can choose right there to follow the game, and that way anytime something new comes out for the game, it will be pinned to the top of your sift. So a pro tip there for you for sifted. Uh, I think it's looking good. Uh, Having played Spider's prior games, I'm not going to allow myself to get too excited for this. Um, Although I will admit, I played the Technomancer until I finished it. And even though when I finished it, I had no idea why, I did it. So... So there you go. That is uh, Microsoft's showing at Gamescom. How how would you rate that? Um, yeah, that's kind of like a B ish. That's pretty good. Be good. It's yeah, especially for Gamescom coming off of E3 just a couple months ago mm-hmm. to be able to scrape that yeah. amount of and stuff. Especially together. like avoiding the Scarlet. Yeah, like, you know, it, it, that's it, that's why it gets the B. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think I, I think it could have been lower if they hadn't had a decent lineup to show. Yeah, like, oh, for sure. But I'm saying that's why it doesn't get an A, because the rest of the stuff is real good, but yeah. the lack of Scarlet news. I mean, you could have gotten an A from me if the if they, you had a strong enough lineup. I don't care about the Scarlet yet. They would have had to have, what, shown some stuff from the new studios? You would have had to announce, like, a fable oh, and, okay. like, some real real stuff, like yeah. some, some new stuff. But you're not going to do that because that's all on Scarlet. Yeah. You know? Um, or both, but you're not gonna. You, you, if you're gonna show something that's launching on Scarlet, whatever it happens to be, you're, you don't want to show it running on the, on the bone. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you don't want it, it to. You want it to look as good. You want as first possible. impression to be. You want oh, first yeah. impression to be the especially new system. with something like Fable, because yeah. you know it's it's disappeared. They did that kind of cooperative spinoff that mm-hmm. nev- that kind of came out, but really didn't. Like to me, Fable right now is it needs. A really good showing when it's first shown again. Oh yeah, I mean, Fable's been gone for nine years. It's hard to believe it's been that long already. If if if, it, if there's a Fable next year, it's ten years since Fable three. Wow. Fable three was twenty ten. Wow. I wonder what studio they're gonna put on that. Playground Games. Is that the rumor? The rumor is that they're doing it. They have an action RPG side now, and it's either a new IP or Fable. Yeah. So my guess. That would makes be Fable. me a little nervous, but. I'm still glad that they're trying to bring it back. I'm not worried about it. Really? Playground no. Games making a, a an action RPG? They're good guys. They're good developers. They are, but they're good at racing Respawn's games. Respawn's never made a lightsaber game either, but they're doing pretty well so far. We'll see. They hired a guy that knew how to do combat. That's knew true. how to do an action game. So good we, we don't know who game. Playground Games hired for that second half of the studio. Oh, you're right. That's true. I mean, um, I mean, I don't. Th- I also, I really don't think you get like a game programmer who's just like, I don't know how to do anything that isn't on tires. Like, I don't <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, contrary to, to the... They're not the ideal developers for an action RPG. Yeah, but I, I think at this far. point, Microsoft has to, you know... Make some hard decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they had to get it in development before they could finish buying all these other companies, so it makes sense that you just expand these guys that do pretty good open-world stuff and beautiful graphics and yeah. uh, call it... I mean, I can absolutely see running around with a sword in one of those beautiful open fields in the England uh, they made for Forza Horizon 4. Hell, you could reuse a lot of that England. You could. <laughs> Think about it. The problem, though, is in Forza Horizon... Just that- put... God, I mean, God, half of England already looks like Fable. Have you ever yeah. been... You know, what makes me nervous, though, is the worst parts of the last Forza Horizon were the human interactions. True. Those cutscenes were so bad. Well, that's what... I'm hoping that they took all the people that know how to do that and put them on the other team. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> so, uh... Or, hey, just make Fable a giant bro festival. What if Fable 4 just takes place at, like, the equivalent of, like, a giant bro music festival in, like, fantasy medieval times? (laughs) Fable Horizon. Yeah. And you're just, just, like, riding horses everywhere. (laughs) This is not what I pictured. 
Yeah. Uh, I would also give Xbox a B. I thought it did a great job with all the constraints it had, con- you know, trying to consider Scarlet and not kind of taking the shine off of that before a big event that, that it's having. Um, the games that it did show were games that I care about. They all looked pretty good. Uh, I would say my interest in Gears is probably higher now than it was before, and if that was their goal, then mission accomplished. So mm. uh, I think it had a really good showing for Gamescom, man. Coming off of E3 knowing that XO19 is coming in just a couple months, I think they found a good happy medium between the two. Yeah, games. it's a good steady steady drip. Yep. Uh, next up, a press conference that did not fare so well. And that is the Google Stadia Connect, which is Stadia's take on Nintendo Directs. Mm-hmm. Um, there was really no news at all other than one gigantic thing, and that is that Cyberpunk 2077 is coming to Google Stadia. That's gigantic. Meteoric. No. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. Not real. I mean, if you're in China, maybe. Um, it's not even the fact that the most anticipated game in the entire industry is coming to that platform. It's that the messaging that that sends to the rest of the industry. So they signed this game up. Nobody now can say, I think our game's too big for Stadia. Or, I don't think anybody was saying that to begin with, really. I mean, it seems to me like almost everybody is on board with this. Uh, is EA? Is EA? Hmm. I don't think it is, actually. I don't think EA's announced anything for Stadia yet. No, I mean, to some degree, it's like, well, who gives a shit? I mean, right, because like, what like, are you going to miss out you're on, You're going to miss really? on two games per you're gonna year. You're going to miss out on, like, Battlefield and sports games. Yeah. Um, and again, I do think this is largely for, for you know, I think Stadia, like I said last week, I think it's they're trying to break into China. Like, they want a Chinese market with this, and that's what it's for. So in that sense, Cyberpunk's a big deal for that market. Um, but over here, where you can pay the same amount of money and get the same game, except you actually own the game, and it won't go away when Stadia turns the, pulls the plug out. Like, uh, there's no way in hell I'm spending money on that on Stadia. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I mean, the the actual fact of the game coming to Stadia, one isn't that surprising to me because it's easy. I mean, it's the easiest pitch in the world. Oh yeah, it, you're just like, but it, it doesn't hurt them give, at all. They're just like, yeah. give us the PC version, yeah. and we'll take it from there. We'll put it on our servers, and boom, like, and we'll give you final also, okay on it. Also, it's probably like, you know, I mean, every game should be on Stadia because it's so easy. As long as that game has a PC version, it's just golden. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. It does, it, it's only bonus dollars for the publishers. For the publishers, they're yeah. like, we don't have to do anything. My guess is that Google paid CD Projekt Red a pretty penny for this. That seems pretty likely. And so they're like, dude, really? We just have to deliver our PC code. You give us a big chunk of money, and then we just look at it before it goes live, play through it a couple times, and we're good? Done. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to see all the big third-party stuff eventually come into Stadia for that very reason. Oh, yeah. I have have no doubts that there'll there'll be a, a pretty, you know, universal lineup on Stadia. It's just the exclusives are not there. Um, yeah, we didn't see any of that. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to have anything to draw you to it that says I have to have a Stadia to play that. I can't play that on any other platform, which is how you get attention in that arena, especially with a new platform at all. Um, and again, I don't think it's for us. I the other thing that was weird is they put out like a recap of this event. It's like a three minute video. Actually, Adam, you can run that if you want. And like one of the first things that is mentioned in it is that it's like. Over a hundred, like a hundred and twenty-nine dollars for Stadia. Yep. So it, it's stupid. It's like literally one of the first things that they put in this trailer is how much it's gonna cost, and it's like, bro, people, he, this guy right here is saying like, and you don't have to spend any money on hardware, and then he's like, 
buy the Founders Edition for $129. Like, yeah. wait a minute. You said I don't have to buy anything for this. Yeah. Like, And, I mean, you don't, but, like, that's not clear in, in the pitch, really. Like the you, whole thing is really confusing, I think. It is. There's too, many, there's too many weird different permutations and too many, because they like you know, it's like really you don't need the founder's edition you just need to say like all you need is your own controller and a free account to play at 1080p and like whatever you want to buy if you're stupid enough to buy something that you don't get any kind of local install for um i really cannot emphasize how repulsive i find that like the <laughs> fact that you have you don't you're have any, something you you're don't paying own. full price for something you don't have you don't get yeah. it's not like even it's, like if you bought it on like psn or xbox live no like, you still can download it if psn went away or yeah. steam went away you would still have that install you'd still play it on your local hardware this has nothing like you're paying 60 dollars for literally nothing i have a feeling that will be one of the biggest first pivots for stadia mm-hmm. is that they're gonna have to they're either gonna have to lower the price of the games or they're gonna have to make it well, so the publishers you, aren't gonna do that that's why i'm saying China, like because you, you don't, can't get the stuff. You, anyway. Yeah, you don't have competition with that. Like that's how you get them. That's the only way you can get them. Um, so I think that's that's their ace in the hole there. I think anything we do on, in the West is just going to be bonus points to them. Um, I I'm not touching it. Google does sure. think globally when it makes. Oh decisions. yeah, no question. It's not worried really about the American market, it and it's a huge untapped market. And I think that's why all the big heavy hitters are so on board is because they have no other way to reach the, that two uh, estimated 200 million person audience. Yeah, like that's a lot of money Heck if you yeah. can get in there. Heck yeah, it's makes a lot. a lot of sense when you think about it from that perspective. From my perspective, this thing is useless. And I think a lot of folks in China aren't going to be caught up on. No, what no. you're caught up on. I mean, if I could like, only... I can play Cyberpunk right. 2077. If, if I could only play this stuff like that, that like, way. yeah, that's how I do it yeah. for sure. Because what choice yeah. do I have? Yep. But I, you know, I have options for consoles and PC stuff, and I can do. You know, it's not an issue for me. I mean, this might have been the biggest show for Stadia because it literally is like on the fringe of launch here. Yeah. And... I mean, they better hope that Cyberpunk is that launch with them, of course. Yeah. The same, you know, day of. Yeah, they haven't Stadia. said that yet. If it's day that. and date. No. Yeah, so we don't know that yet. Uh, but let's start going through some of the announcements that they did share. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is coming. Makes sense. Does it, though? See, that to me is Why the not? game that I don't want to play on Stadia because of the latency problems. Yeah, like, but like everything's going to have a latency problem, so screw it. Like, who cares? Yeah, I mean, I'm not excited. I would never play Anyone who's seriously like going to sit down and play Mortal Kombat competitively is, of course, not going to play it on Stadia. Right. Like, That's why, to me, that announcement is just... But tons more... of people play Mortal Kombat super casually. That, that You don't sell as many copies as that thing does without yeah. a massive casual audience. Yeah, not everybody who buys those are counting frames. No, not at all. Absolutely. <laughs> the vast majority aren't, I guarantee They're you. They're button mashing, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Mortal Kombat 11 is coming. I don't remember what the date was for that, unfortunately. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion is coming to Stadia. That I'm okay with. Like games like that, a little I, bit of latency doesn't really bother. I have me. to imagine Ubisoft is going to support the hell out of this thing. Out of Stadia in yeah. general, why do you think them in particular? Because they want China. Yeah, they want that extra audience. And like Ubisoft's games, kind of like are universal. Like you know, there's there's a uh, you know they're. They're real, I, you know. Well, you they're gotta, made by people all over all the, world. the world, right? They're yeah. very internationally driven, uh, and they're not political at all. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Post Brexit game yeah. in, in totalitarian in dystopia. <laughs> clearly not just like that George Orwell book. There's no politics in that. Yeah. What are you talking about? Um, but I think you know, yeah. All you got to do is subtitle them, 
uh, or dub. I mean, I don't, I don't actually know how heavily they they localize for the Chinese market, but like it's it's a huge market that they can get into, and they can pay a localization no company yeah. like and fifty no, grand. There's and, no reason to think that uh, you know the Chinese market wouldn't embrace you know really accessible open world stuff just the same as the rest of us do. So yeah, it's smart for them, I think, if that's their if that Stadia's get goal is to get that market. Like Ubisoft will benefit tremendously from that. Also, speaking of translation stuff, did you see the translation error? In um, the Grandia HD collection, no. In the Ger- the German version, no. Uh, when you when you attack in the German version and you miss, in in the game, like it pops up text. It says miss, you know, uh-huh. or hit or whatever. When it pops up miss in the German version, it says Fraulein, which it, is German for like miss, like a like a woman, like a woman miss. So so, <laughs> so in Ger- in the German version of Grandia HD, when you miss, it pops up a thing that says unmarried woman. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. I saw that, that on Twitter. I saw funny. that on Twitter this morning. That is funny. Uh, Borderlands Three. I think we already knew about that before this. That Borderlands Three was coming. That sounds to familiar. Stadia. I mean, I'm not following it super closely, but again, total sense. Yeah, yeah. It's not really a competitive shooter. No. So I would be okay with playing this on Stadia. I think. I think it'd be fine. More or less fine. Yeah. I mean, Everyone I know who's played it, played the Stadia stuff extensively, basically says it's it feels like playing it on the worst gaming television you could buy. Yeah, like the lag is just there to you notice it, but it doesn't ruin it kind uh-huh. of thing. It's just like it's like is, playing on my plasma TV. Which again, if you're <laughs> if you're play, yeah, sorta. Yeah. I mean, but if you're playing like you know, th- there is an argument to be made that if you're playing that on a thing that you paid no money, you're just getting a free account. You're playing 1080p. Yeah. And it's just you know, sure, a little lag is a, is pretty small to put up with. My issue is you know, the lag is a problem for me. But my real issue is you're paying full price for yeah. things you don't own. Yeah. If it was like a Netflix like kind of. Subscription thing. Subscription or like a Game Pass thing where you get a rotating... And that's what everybody thought it was at first. Because that's what makes sense. That's what streaming means to people. Well, that's what makes sense. It's like, bro, charge me 15 bucks, 20 bucks a month, and I'm okay with not owning this stuff. But again, that's why my China theory is is what it is. Because, again, you don't have that competition there to worry about. True. Like, you can charge that money and pay, and that's how how you can get the game in that market, and that's that. Like, over here, we have options, and it's different. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be some people that just hate wires or something. <laughs> there's, there's always someone who hates something. I've learned that across my life. Uh, Darksiders Genesis was announced for uh, for Stadia. Mm-hmm. It's a isometric action RPG set in the Darksiders yeah. universe. I'm actually Within, kind of excited for this. I'm interested because I like Darksiders, but I, I still find the $400 collector's edition inexplicable. Yeah. Like, it's just like... <laughs> Again, like the whole like buying a four hundred dollars statue of a character I don't know if I like is very. Str- I mean, I don't have any stat. The only collector's edition game statue I have uh, is um, uh, Aloy from Horizon. Yeah, um, and I have a I have a nice like polystone statue of um, one of the Colossus, one of the Colossi from Shadow of the Colossus, and that's it. Yeah. Um, all I have are the ones that were sent to me for free from video game publishers. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I mean, I didn't even uh, the. I had the Witcher three one with with his horrible, mispainted face. Oh yeah, yeah. Attacking the Griffin, but it, I, I, it's I dropped and it dropped and broke when I moved, and I was like, you know what? That's fine. Yeah, just throw it away. I broke two things moving. It was that one thing was that, and the other was my Fallout New Vegas neon sign. Yeah. Um, which I still have to get repaired. That's but, uh, worth repairing. That, yeah, that was that. Uh, that'll repair the the Witcher thing. I was like, mm. <laughs> trash. 
Uh, but I'm actually kind of excited for this. I, I don't have a huge affinity for Darksiders, the I IP. Like, I like, I mean, I kind of wish Darksiders was better than it is overall. Like, yeah. I like the first one okay, although I didn't like it when it came out. I grew to like it better as I kind of moved away from being annoyed by how derivative it was. Yeah. Um, Darksiders 2 I like, but I've never finished it because it's really, 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 really long and repetitive. Um, but I like any game that puts Michael Wincott in it, so what are you going to do? Uh, Darksiders 3 was fun, uh, a little too Dark Souls-y, uh, without, like, it took a lot of the Dark Souls elements without realizing why they work in Dark Souls, but then they did an update that basically makes it play like a normal hack-and-slash game, which is <laughs> fun. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, I, st I didn't finish that either, <laughs> like, but, um... It, which is, and it's not even that long. Yeah. But uh, I mean, basically, I, I hope you know, Darksiders One ends in a cliffhanger where uh, you know war is basically broken all the rules and heaven and hell are both gonna hunt him and they're like, how are you gonna survive on your own? And he's like, no, not alone. And the uh, you see the other three horsemen coming in for a landing and cut and it's just like, make the game yeah. already. Like it's been <laughs> God. When did that come out? Two thousand nine. It's been 10 years. It might have been before that. It's 08 or 09, the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I think 08. It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, I know there was a break where no one owned it or whatever, but like, and then everything went out of business and THQ, you know, all that stuff. But it's like, you can't, I know you can't just jump into a crazy epic thing because that would be a huge game. It's been, you know, and they talked about doing four player co op for that. Yep. This might be something of a dry run for can we, make, can we make a co-op game kind of thing. Um, you'd be basically talking about Darksiders Borderlands for that yeah. game. Um, I hope the next one is that and we can kind of put a put a cap on it. Yep. I uh, I will say this. Warhammer Chaos Bane is not a great isometric action RPG, but it did rekindle my interest in the genre. Mm. Like I didn't really care about it, and I just it was like slow, and I was like, oh, I'll play this, and like I didn't care about the genre at that point. I have not cared about that genre for a long time, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, and then I played it, and I got a kind of a taste of that of that genre again, and I was like, I like this. Yeah, this one isn't a good one. When it's done, but right. I'm still enjoying playing it, and so this game has a little bit more cachet with yeah. me than it would have. I even I was hanging out with some people over the like the past weekend. And they were talking. They weren't really, you know, they weren't really gamers, but they had played games in the past. And she was talking about how the thing she played the most was uh, Baldur's Gate: Dark Alliance. That like their whole family played that, like thou like their grandmother and everyone, like, <laughs> and they, everyone played it and unlocked everything and and all that. Stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, those games have a have a power to them. They do a, for sure. Like, there's a hook that, like me, Hallie, I still load up Titan Quest once in yeah. a while. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in that. I just. Uh, I wish they just get on with you know. Right. I mean, I think we all agree. We would just wish that they would tie up. Yeah, the main I, just, I wish you just stop blue balling us on the like, on the freaking ending of that because that end of that game is like you're like, oh yeah, let's go, like, yeah. Yeah. and then it's can't just wait nothing. for the sequel. Yeah, and if you crickets. told me, it's like no, you may not live long enough to see <laughs> to see this thing finished. <laughs> uh, so they did announce. Well, they announced Elder Scrolls Online. I think we kind of mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's an MMO that's been out for forever. Not all that dependent on latency, really, but no, it's, it, but it's still it should function. It should function. I mean, look, I play it on Xbox One, and it has latency problems there too. Anyway. <laughs> Which I don't means know. on Stadia, it could be awful. I don't know. I mean, it's mostly single player. Like it's you know, yeah. it's, you barely you see other people running around, but I've never had to team up with anyone to get anything done. So yeah. It probably doesn't matter. And it's an MMO, so it's not like combat comes down to, like, frames and things like that. No, I mean, it is action-based. Yeah. But, like, I, 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 I haven't had anything come down to such, like, a split-second timing thing that that would matter that much. Yeah. So that's a decent get. Like, you need 
they're filling in holes right yeah, I mean, now. You need a variety, and it's it's there. They need this stuff, yeah. Again, particularly if you want to buy, I mean, I guess an MMO is something of an exception to the whole buying something and getting nothing thing because uh, that's kind of how MMOs. That's work. how MMOs are. I mean, I have <laughs> I have a whole binder full of discs of old MMOs that don't work anymore. Yeah. I, could, I wish I could play Earth and Beyond again, but uh, yep. long dead. It is kind of par for the course, though. Uh, and then they did actually announce one exclusive game for Stadia. And it was an odd choice, but a, a franchise that I actually really like, and that's Orcs Must Die 3. Have you played any of the Orcs Must Die games? Yeah, I played the first two. I like it. I've, I like them. They're, I think they're an, it's an underrated franchise. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, boots on the ground tower defense. Yes, tower defense. It's an action-based tower mm-hmm. defense game, basically. It's very frantic and fun. It's got some decent humor in it. Um, I've had a lot of fun playing this franchise in the past. Uh, I don't know that it's a huge loss for the other platforms that they didn't get it, but I think it is a decent get for Stadia. Yeah. But it's an indie game that has been gone for a while. Like, Orcs Must Die 2 came out when? In, like, 2012? It was a while ago, yeah. Yeah, I don't even think it had launched when Sifted launched. No, it was was after... um, It was definitely after G4 ended. Yeah. Yeah, so in that little window, I guess, yeah. in between there is when it came out. Uh, I know a lot of people will look at this and be like, oh, who cares? But I'm telling you, I've I mean, played in fact, the first I think, two I think and they're you fun. and Marcus talked about it in one of the earliest game phases, if I remember. I think maybe we did, actually. I think it was right around then. Yeah, it's right in that little zone there. So so that's everything that Stadia showed. It needed to be kind of its big, bombastic, coming soon party. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like it really accomplished no, that No, it was at all. really more like, hey, we have all the same games the things you already own have but we really don't so don't look too close yeah. <laughs> please pay no attention to this frame skipping behind the curtain i don't know i don't it's, I, I cannot express how not interested in stadia i am like, i just, think it's you're completely useless i think you're me. in the vast majority i think most people feel like you do yeah i think it's i think it's entirely for those markets that that haven't been opened yet to this kind of gaming I, I think I think it's for China. I think it's for that kind of thing. I'm keeping an open which mind, which I think is smart. I think I think it's a brilliant move. I think it's and I mean, hey, anything that gets more people to play games is good because those people will discover games yeah. and buy others. So Perfect. it's Absolutely. good for everybody. Uh, I'm not and hey, if closing the, the door on Stadia, if the publishers make a start making extra money off of this brand new market, maybe they'll start charging start charging us fewer microtransactions. Nah, it's crazy. <laughs> that's not gonna that's happen. happen. <laughs> That just doesn't make any sense. I am not completely down on Stadia. I'm not closing the door on it. I think if it stayed in sort of its pitch state for forever, I would write it off. But I just don't think that's going to no. happen. I think I think, I think they're going to have to make some serious oh, alterations yeah. to be successful in North America and Europe. And I also think that it's going to learn that very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like launch day crickets quickly. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. They're going to launch and they're going to be like, holy crap, no one cares. And they're just no one wanted the founders edition. Yeah, really? and they're gonna have to pivot and pivot, pivot. quickly. Pivot and they're pivot to, like a one eighty pivot. <laughs> like they're gonna have to yeah. do some make some major changes. It's gonna be a Ross Geller pivot. But be. I think Google will. I mean, it has a lot invested in this. Um, I, I just think it will. I was disappointed we didn't even get like a a tease or something for Jade Raymond's game. Like mm, I, mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see like a trailer for it or anything. But I thought at least they would have her in the show. And maybe she shows some concept art and shares the idea behind what they're trying to do with the game to get people excited because mm-hmm. Orcs Must Die 3, as much as I'm interested in it, most people aren't, and most people don't even know what it is. 
Um, if that was your big power move, other than if Cyberpunk, you haven't played the first year, you're never going to figure out what's going on in the third one. So. And most, I mean, <laughs> announcing Cyberpunk 2077, that's a big deal. It's about as big a deal as they could have. Sure. But but everybody already has consoles that they can play that on. It's this is really a proposition for people in the next generation. Do they want to spend what I think is probably going to be five hundred dollars for either one of the consoles, or are they going to want to do this? So. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I know. So. And I, I mean, I know what everybody who's watching this or listening to this is going to do, and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy hardware. I'm going to play it on mm-hmm. hardware until I can't anymore. But I just wonder, I mean, I wonder if people who play more casually, like, understand or have an interest or care in the idea that, like, you're paying 60 bucks for something, but you don't have it. Well, I also wonder, too, away. if Google is marketing to the right people. Like, well, I don't feel like Google should be talking to us about this. Like, it need, it has to, yeah. but it should be on, like, Yahoo and websites like that trying to push this well, stuff. I think, I think they'll, that'll happen as you get closer to the launch. You know, like, it's, you know, you'll see ads on NFL and, you know, more general TV and stuff. Like, that's where people, that's where the mainstream audience finds out about these things. You know, like, I got told a story before about how, you know, one of the girls who came to our, our regular football Sundays uh, didn't realize there was a new Star Wars movie right, coming out when The right. Force Awakens came out, except the week until the week before Thanksgiving when we saw an ad for it on <laughs> the football broadcast. Yeah. And we're like, you, you've been in this room for like three months while we've talked about this movie like every Sunday. And she's like, I don't listen to you guys. She must really like football. <laughs> she does. She doesn't really like football. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's easy to tune out, tune us out when we just go on and on and on about stuff. But she had no idea that that movie even existed. I foresee. And that's how the vast majority of the mainstream audience learns about things like that. It's true. Yeah. I foresee Stadia having a really bad launch, like monumentally bad. I don't see any other possible outcome, but I'm not going to say I'm I'm just I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe there's a whole bunch of people that desperately want this somewhere. I don't I just think it doesn't make a ton of sense and they're not They might get a decent number of free subscription, like people maybe. free signups just to try it. Like yeah. that's, that's different. I think the first week they'll have a lot of those. Yeah. And then by week 2, they're going to start to taper off. I just I don't think the product is where it needs to be, and I don't think they're pushing it to the right people. So no. I just think that's a recipe for disaster for Stadia. Like I would, pro- I'll probably like sign up for a free account and play whatever they got free just to see how it runs. But I'm sure as hell not buying anything on it. That's yeah. crazy. I'm definitely not buying that controller either. No, like, I'm just going to use some other controller. Yeah. I have. But I mean that's a, that's a good you know that is a low barrier of entry. So I mean at least they get you in the system. Yeah. But getting me to spend money. I don't know what you'd have to. I mean, you want to make Cyberpunk 2077 exclusive. Yeah, yeah. But that's what it needs. It's Google be, could probably afford that. That's I mean, why but, I stress, like, them not sharing But they wouldn't anything. make any friends. Yeah. That's why I stress them not sharing anything about Jade Raymond's game was probably mm-hmm. a misstep. Because I mean, you, I do like what Jade Raymond makes. Like, typically, I, yeah. You know, her game could get me in there. I mean, also because, like, it's different with her game in the sense that I'm not, I mean, you know, that's my only way to play it. If you got, if I got to spend whatever money to play it, that's the only way I can play it. It's not like I'm, you know, p- passing up a version of it that I could have installed locally. Like you if the only way you don't I, have the yeah, option. The only way I can play it is to do that. All right, you probably got. I'm me. gonna play it. I'm gonna yeah. pay for that game and I'm gonna play it. So. But yeah, right now for me, the only ace they have in the hole at all is Jade Raymond. Yeah, I think over time. And I don't think that the mainstream audience is really aware. They don't even know who, who she that is. is. So yeah, yeah, they have no idea. <laughs> it's a. I don't know. I think uh, Stadium might be cruising for a bruising in the early going. I mean, I would agree. I just, I you know, I just don't know. I mean, but presumably they have more marketing data than I do. But I really think that that this is targeted at a different audience. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, that's Stadia. What would you what would you give them for their 
It wasn't even a press conference. It was I don't, a pre-created I don't even know what video. I mean. I mean, in terms of my interest, F. In terms of, like, <laughs> the, the lineup they're building, that's a B+. Plus. Like, yeah, getting got, Cyberpunk's a big deal. Yeah. I like, mean... I mean, that's a complete system. I mean, that's a better lineup than the Switch, third-party-wise. That's true. So... That's a good point, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. But Stadia least, probably does have a better third-party But at least when I buy a four-year-old 540p port of something on the Switch, I own it. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Forever. Yep. Okay, and I'll give it, man, I'll give it a C in general. Um, it, it, this was its last chance. It need, it, Maybe my expectations for this event was higher because mm. I knew it was its last chance. But with that in mind, C, C minus for it's, me. I still, think, I, mean, I still stand by my China theory, but in terms of like you know, North America, Europe, I still think it's a solution in search of a problem. Yeah. Streaming game, game streaming in general, I think, is that. Okay. And then the last big event yesterday on the first... It wasn't even really Gamescom yet. That really... No. The show hadn't kicked off proper, but the third... But that's never stopped Keeley. <laughs> it sure hasn't. Uh, and the third big event yesterday was Jeff Keeley's event, Gamescom Opening Night Live. Uh, or, as I like to call it, <laughs> the mating ritual of Jeff Keeley and Hideo <laughs> Kojima. Um, we've talked about this before. That bromance is still rolling. It's... No question. Uh, it's not a good look for Jeff, I don't think, man. Yeah, I mean, not that he cares. Not that he even cares what I think. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's editorial at this point. It's, I mean, he never has been. He's yeah, never reviewed he's just, games. He's never gone on podcasts. It's not no. what he does. But he's a, he's a marketing guy. He does yeah. marketing stuff. It. I don't know. I I would never do what he's been doing with Kojima. No, but like. He, it's not. His it's de- paying off for him. It's not his deal. I he mean, gets the exclusive on everything. He gets the exclusive, and he gets to be in the game. And yeah. <laughs> sure, I mean, why not? I, I don't know. Like, if he was reviewing stuff or like deciding what went on in editorial somewhere, like that would be one thing. But he just does marketing stuff. He just, I mean, he, he is doing that though. I mean, he decides the lineup for all his shows, and yeah, but there's I mean, an editorial component to that. It's all marketing, though. It's. Not... I mean, ultimately, it's all for money. Yeah. But and I mean, it's not like he's gonna. He runs the Game Awards. That yeah. is editorial. You're giving awards. Yeah, but he doesn't decide those. He yeah, I mean, the, he has ed- a panel, right? I mean, unless he's like strong arming the panel into giving Death Stranding everything at the end of the year. I mean, I don't see Jeff doing that. Um, I feel like a lot of the people who were who are judges for for, uh, for the Game Awards would call that out. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm not. Well, really if they thought it was going that. on. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how transparent the process is. But yeah. Well, at a certain point, you all have to get together. Like, did you vote for Death Stranding? I didn't vote for Death Stranding. Like, they used to do that at the VGAs. They'd come yeah. to me at the VGAs and be like, "Hey, like uh, Walking Dead." Yeah. Really? I would get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, I feel like I feel like there's some safeguards in place for that. I mean, also it's the Game Awards. Who cares? Yeah. Um, like it's. You know, people watching that for the trailers and the reveals, not for the who gets the awards. Um, it's fine. I don't. I, I don't. I don't really care if Jeff is going to get in bed with Kojima like that. It's. 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 It's his brand at this point. I mean, he can do whatever the hell he wants, and obviously, he's yeah. a huge success. And he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he absolutely is. So let's just talk about Death Stranding. Obviously, mm-hmm. we've been kind of hinting at it for the last five minutes. Uh, Death Stranding showed its first raw gameplay yesterday, and mm-hmm. we're looking at it right now. Um, it seems to have set the internet ablaze. Sort of. For Mostly for good reasons? How do you feel? Well, it might be time to pee on that blaze. <laughs> I, so, I mean, I, I know that there's going to be a bigger blowout at TGS. Like, that's apparently supposed to be the big 
showing of yeah. where, where Kojima reveals all, but you know he's not going to reveal Kojima never reveals all. No, that just doesn't happen. Um, this is one of the dumbest gameplay demos I have ever seen. Like, he gets up, he pees for a while, he climbs a mountain, he delivers a thing, and he falls down a cliff. Like, that's, that's all it. it is. That's all it is. It is a, it's literally the end of a fetch quest. My other question is, has Kojima ever seen a human being walk? Because <laughs> they do walk his funny. walk cycles are so weird. Like, and I don't know if they mocap this or if they just had to tweak the thing to make it, like, work the way it works because otherwise it doesn't make any, like, physical sense for that giant backpack on him. But, like, when he walks, like, his, his head, neck, and torso don't move. And it's bizarre looking. What do you think about this, the urination? Well, clearly you're using it to grow mushrooms. Yeah. Just like so in, wherever you just pee, like in real life. Mushrooms grow. You yeah. can see it there. And like that, I don't think it's grown yet, but it, I think that's the indicator that there will be a mushroom there. Oh, uh, eventually. Because he didn't pick it up. I, th- I think I think that's supposed to be like a. It looks like a ghost mushroom to me. It looks like a. One day there will be mushrooms here. I will give the crowd that was there credit because the for applauding va- for the peen for not. The vast majority of people who were there did not applaud. There was a smattering of applause mm. from, like, ten people. Those people need to check themselves. Like, <laughs> seriously? Like, you're applauding because there is urination well, I'm sure in they're, up fr- they're up front, and they're, they're probably the up front people who are paid to be there. Right. The paid hype people or whatever. Sure. Um, I just think if this it's funny though. I, how I, some I believe people it are it, like, oh my god, genius. I mean, I'm sure there's more to it than just this. Like, this is just kind of a weird slice they picked. Yeah. But like, if this was anything other than Kojima, people would be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, it's just it certainly it's a walking simulator it now. It's literally a walking simulator with a Keeley cameo. Yeah, I mean, this part of it. You're right, though. They're just showing what you do after you finished a mission, basically, mm-hmm. and how you kind of get your rewards from. And I'm sorry, but look how slow he's walking through the whole thing. And I'm like, I don't know how long I can tolerate that. Well, this whole ladder thing here reminds me of Breath of the Wild yeah. climbing a little bit, but further, like walking, just kind of walking through these sort of plains and area. I'm like, man, if you were down on No Man's Sky, you better not be talking this shit up because this yeah. is the same damn thing, except you don't have a jetpack. It does look similar. Yeah, the traversal's so slow and weird. Like, why would anyone ever carry a pack that big on their back? Well, I mean, if you're in a post-apocalypse situation and, like, you're delivering stuff to all these different places and all you have is, like, on-foot transport, I get it. You'd, you'd kind of become a pack mule like that. Um, I mean, it looks bizarre. Like, I mean, it's it's as deep Especially as when he is running. tall. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it's awkward and I'm sure there's, like, you know, gameplay elements that change depending on how heavy or big your load is and stuff. Like, that's probably part of the risk-reward element of the game is, like, how much do you think you can carry versus what get kind away of, with how it. far you're going to have to run away. We have to dump your cargo to get away. Because um, I imagine if you, like, later in the thing, he gets hurt and he has to, you know, it looks like maybe the health system is sort of based on how agitated the baby is or the BB or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, and he has, to, like, he has to, like, comfort the baby, the BB, until he... Stops crying. Well, he shook the baby. Some I think people are to... pretty pissed off about that on social media last night. Well, I thought he was like kind of rocking it. Well, he's supposed to, but I, I mean, mean, it's motion control, you're... so it's going to look weird. Well, then he talked about like if you shake it too hard, like the baby gets angry and like <laughs> shaking babies. I just don't know if that's a good idea in a video game. Eh. I mean, we've just spent two weeks talking about how video games don't influence your behavior in the real world. So, if we Well, I'm not saying for that. It's just, uh, you know, shaking a baby can kill a baby. Yeah, well, falling off a cliff can kill a dude. Can kill a, a uh, I forgot his damn name. What, Norman, Jeff Keighley? Can kill a Norman, kill, no, a Nor- <laughs> can kill a Norman Reedus. Joking. Falling off a cliff can kill a Norman Reedus. I knew Reedus. you were talking about. Uh, and of, co- of course, there's Keeley in the game. 
Talking with, about how he has a real connection with yeah with Norman Reedus. Yeah, there was some <laughs> some deeper undertones there. I think with that uh, with someone else's voice, they didn't use Jeff's yeah, voice. Yeah, I don't I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, that could be as simple as Jeff isn't Union. It's true, actually. I mean, it could be that simple. Um, but who knows what it'll be at the end? I mean, if you can put Chobot in Mass Effect Three, but Jeff Keighley in Death Stranding. Yeah. Like, I, do you have a problem with Jeff being in the game? No. Editorially? Not really. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's like a little... I mean, I'm in Fable 2. Yeah. Oh, so, you are? Yeah. I won an... I mean, not my face, but I won an auction at uh, the Penny Arcade Child's Play dinner to, like, be a character in Fable 2. So there's a, there's a monk in Fable 2 somewhere named Matt Kyle. Oh, really? Yeah. I've only seen him once. You saw him, though? Yeah, he's in there. And he doesn't look anything like you, though? No. I mean, nobody looks like anything. In yeah, that's game. a good point. But, uh, no, he's in there named, named uh, after me. So if you, there's a bunch, there's like there were like three or four I think auctions for various townspeople or something you could win and I won that one. Back when I was at game trailers, I had offers to be in games probably four or five times and I turned them all down because I just didn't think it was editorially airtight to be in a game. As long as I didn't review it, I didn't really think it was a yeah. A I'm, big look, game. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying what what I did. Also, he doesn't review things, so right, yeah. Um, and then you're right, Chobot was in a game, but Chobot doesn't review stuff no. either. She's just she's a, a host. She's basically. a reporter. She's talent. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I think it was something I wouldn't be willing to do. But in your others, position, they probably would have been wise not to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you think? They also, they also showed a couple of trailers for Death Stranding. Del Toro was the was the lead character in one of them. The other one was focused on this character, this one we're seeing right now, Mama, mm-hmm. who appears to be kind of the the caregiver of the BBs. Mm-hmm. She has her own BB that's different, that's kind of spiritual. I don't even know. I don't know what the hell's going on in this game. It's so insane. Like, like again... Well, I promise you whatever it is is dumb. Yeah, you're right. It won't be as complicated or interesting as it appears once you actually The BBs are going to turn out to be like the souls of gamers <laughs> who... <laughs> Who were killed too many times in multiplayer games? It's gonna be some dumb thing. Like or that. like when you die in the game, like your the the soul of that character becomes a BB or something. Yeah, because it's all the, all the theme is connection, so I'm sure it has something to do with like, um, it'll be like your BB communicates with other BBs somehow, and that I don't know. I mean, the connectivity honestly is kind of the last mystery of this game. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's what they're blowing out at. TGS. Yeah, they'll show like how everybody playing online will yeah. interact with each other and how they can impact each other's games. Also, probably the best place to do that because uh, that convention center has really good internet. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> like, it does. It's like lightning yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the Japanese are going to care all that much about that functionality, though. They, I <laughs> that's mean, more that's, a Western thing, I think. No, I think that kind of like passive, like mingle player stuff is actually pretty popular there. So I'm, yeah, I mean, and Kojima usually comes up with some weird wrinkle that you're like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's got to be better than uh, um, transfaring. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. So. <laughs> How excited are for you, are you for this game now, Matt? Eh, it still doesn't look like anything to me. It's yeah. Like, I mean, my main interest is like, what? Okay, what is it? Like, tell me the dumb thing. Like, is I, I feel like I feel like we know that already. I feel. What? I don't know what this thing is about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do. No. What are the ba- what are the BBs? What are the big oil things? What are the monsters? He's thing. What is yeah, all that stuff? Like, I mean, he's explained all that. Sorta, but like, there's got to be more to it. Like, I don't know if there is. 
I mean, there is. It's just going to be dumb. Uh. There's, there's always an answer in Kojima's games. It's just never satisfying. Um, I don't know. Like, TGS be- is going to be really important to me for this game mm-hmm. because I care most about playing the game, gameplay. Aesthetics to me, well, what particularly we saw- with Kojima's games, are low down my list of importance. I mean, clearly there's combat. We've seen people shooting each other and stuff. There's more to it than just walking through a landscape. But like the cu- the gameplay that they've shown of this so far is not particularly enthusing me. No, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> like, it looks like really like janky, weird melee stuff. I haven't seen a lot of shooting. I mean, there's definitely some shooting in some of the like the trailer they put out right before E3. Yeah. Um. I mean, it wasn't really. Um. I mean, it looks like a stealth game to me. Yeah, I mean, but it looks like it looks mortal. Uh, mortal. It looks like Metal Gear Solid Four ish to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, like there's there's going to be shooting, there's going to be combat, but there's also a lot of walking and a lot of talking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm curious to play it in the sense that like I I feel like I feel like at this point it's like it's like having your drunk friend in the bar and they they're trying to tell you a story and I've been trying to do it for like ten minutes and you're just like just tell me just what, what happened. Just don't tell me what happened. Don't make it funny. Don't make it clever. Just tell you've been me. You've telling what me this. You've been doing throwing out weird snippets of this story for three years just tell me <laughs> what happens so yeah i think most people got really excited over this demo it's almost i think offensive how excited some people got over urination yeah it's uh, it's it's a little bizarre but like you know the cult of kojima it's the cult of is, kojima man yeah. there i don't think there's any other developer even miyamoto at this point i don't think has that much sort of leeway to uh, i don't agree with that really there's one, there's Miyamoto, one. There's one. You higher. think people are more forgiving of Miyamoto than no. they are Kojima? No, that's what I was getting at. No, I think there's one higher than Kojima on the cult status. Wait, let me try to guess it. Oh man, a recent addition, relatively. Hmm. Millions know. and millions and millions of dollars. I don't know. I don't know. Chris Roberts. Star Citizen. Oh, okay. okay. Trust me. <laughs> but most people don't know who he is, though. No, but that the, the the loyalty to him, no matter what stupid thing they do in that game. I mean, they were people were asking for like like fatigue and heart rate, so they put like a heart rate thing in, in the in the alpha of Star Citizen, but they implemented it so poorly that you could die of a heart attack if you crouched too many times in a row. <laughs> and everyone's like, "No, it's great." It's just like, "No, it's, a, <laughs> it's not." It, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, um, as far as developers that people know who they are, though, I think Miyamoto used to be have that title, but I think Kojima has it now. I'd say Kojima outranks Miyamoto just in this in that regard, just in the sense that Miyamoto's made way better stuff. Also, Miyamoto doesn't really more make, often make games anymore right. either, so that does. But the stuff help. he does front tends to be stronger than what Kojima fronts. Oh, agreed, a billion percent. I think some people would vehemently disagree with that, but they would, but they'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah. So... Because when you really boil it down, Kojima's cult comes uh, comes up around the convoluted and nonsensical narrative that, if you're young enough and naive enough, think is complex and deep, whereas Miyamoto's cult comes up around the fact that he's made some of the best games ever made. Yeah. And those are two very different things. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so. uh, next up, Need for Speed Heat. They showed the first gameplay of Need for Speed Heat mm-hmm. uh, during Keeley's Sting. It's Need for Speed. It is, but that's good. Mm. I mean, it's Need for Speed. <laughs> it has cops and cop chases, and I mean, it's it appears to be a legitimate Need for Speed yeah. game. I mean, Tons I li- of customization. I like the Miami kind of 
It's not set in the 80s, but there's a Miami 80s sort of vibe. It's got to the it. Miami Vice kind of. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the promotion for it, all the visuals have that like pink and blue that mm-hmm. that Miami Vice used in its in its uh, graphics and logo and everything. Uh, so I think they're definitely intentionally going for that vibe. Uh, but it's a Need for Speed. There's cop chases again. There's crazy customization, uh, which is I know what a lot there's of people. There's Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know is what a lot of people liked, like, Need for Speed Underground for, with all the customization, how you could go into, like, the tie rods and, like, tweak the tie rods and get blue-colored tie rods. Um, I think that it's it's on the right track again, which we haven't been able to say for a while. Yeah. I mean, really, the last... The last Need for Speed worth anything was Rivals. Yep. And that was, what, 2012? Yeah. End of 2012? They, it always does this. They always go on these tangents where they're like, we need to change it. And then they, the games suck. Yeah, it's and almost, then they're like, we're going back. It's almost like the WWE games. It's just like, yeah. just iterate. Yeah, Just you take really what you don't. did and make it better this time. Like, if, if they just can stuck to one, I mean, at least they finally gave it to one company for a period of time, you know, Ghost yeah. Games. But, like, you, if you just let them make the same, not the same game over and over, but you know what I mean. Like, just... We got this right. We didn't get this right. But instead of like shifting completely to how you pr- the presentation should be totally different, it's like just make it better. That's just why do, Forza Horizon do Forza, is Forza so Horizon good. does. Yeah, I mean, obviously Forza Horizon, I think nailed it coming out of the gate better than the first Ghost Games Need for Speed. But like, you could be you could be like Forza Horizon two level at this point with this series yeah, if you sure. had stuck with it and stopped trying to reinvent the wheel. No pun intended. But I think there's like if you watch this trailer, I think there's a lot of triggers in this trailer for old Need for Speed fans. I, I think, think I think yeah, I, I see the underground pedigree, or at least the underground influence. Yeah. Um, I mean, my favorite Need for Speeds were the early ones, like the the yeah. you know, Need for Speed Three, Need for Speed Hot Porsche, Pursuit. Porsche Unleashed, Porsche Unleashed, um, the original Hot Pursuit, Need yep. for Speed. You know, on on PC where you could mod the hell out of them. Porsche Unleashed on PC is probably the best game in the series. Really? Like if you mod I've never it, played it. It's I mean they were completely different from the uh the console version. The console versions were much zippier, faster thing, but like the PC versions had a little more weight to them. They had, they had a lot of modding you could do to them. They were for the time they were gorgeous in a, in a way that the console versions were not. I mean obviously they were on the PS1. Um they were great. And like you could mod Porsche Porsche Unleashed to have all the same tracks and everything as as 3, the previous game. It was great. It was awesome. And uh I understand that you need something a little, with a little more depth now, a little more attachment. You have to upgrade your car and get experience points and, you know, get points for drifting and all that shit. But, like, I really did enjoy the old, just like, go on a track, race the track, outrun the cops, go to the next track. Like, yeah. Kind of, you know, the tracks were imaginative and looked cool and they were fantasy, like, some were fantasy-based and I dug that. I'd love to see, I mean, as much as I like the Miami setting here, I would not mind seeing Need for Speed taking, a, taking going back to that or, in flip side, taking a page from... You know, the Horizon DLC with the Hot Wheels thing and the Lego thing, just kind of going a little nuts with it. Daylight that, racing. Yeah. It's so funny that we have to call that out as, like, a big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, Need for Speed does tend to take place in eternal night. Yeah. That's, so. Well, I mean, remember, the one was all night. Yeah. Yeah, the one that just came out, like. Yeah. A bunch of them had been. I mean, it's not like Underground ever, the sun ever came up Was it in the day? I don't think the first one was. Maybe two, thought, maybe two was. I thought there was daytime races in that. I don't know. Daytime races have been on and off. Which is so weird. When do you race? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) In my dreams, so I guess at night. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Next up, um, so we were talking earlier about how Gears had a big showing in the Xbox press conference, and then it reappeared again 
during Keeley's mm-hmm. thing, they showed a brand new story campaign trailer for Gears 5. Um, it's really short. It's yeah. like 45, but, but 50 sh- seconds long. But there sure is a big monster in it. Yeah, I, I found it a little weird that it was so short. I mean, the game's coming out soon. This is probably the last look you're going to get at the campaign. No, it's not. They're doing something next month. Oh, they are? I said that last week. They're oh, doing, they're right. doing something in September for the campaign. Oh, uh, okay. So this is just like a little tease, I guess, yeah. then. Um, game looks great visually. and Yeah. I mean, so did 4. Facial four, animation. Four, four all that gorgeous. stuff looks awesome. You saw 4 on one of that like crazy like 8K $100,000 TV they had in the, in the Microsoft booth. The it year, was insane. It, it was like watching a painting movie. It looked like a different game, yeah. honestly. So the stuff, the good stuff's buried under there somewhere, which bodes well for bringing this forward for Scarlet or yeah, I whatever. Think, I think this one will, will upgrade nicely. It's going to be a, a shiner, yeah. For It's going to be a showpiece, I think. when Because a lot of the games are going to create for these consoles first. It's gonna, there's going to be a learning curve. But as you said, like at E3 last year, you and I looked at the last Gears, which was like Max. three or four years old, running on Max, and it was like mind-blowing mm-hmm. how good it looked in 4K. So uh, I would say I'm a little more excited for Gears after Gamescom. Um, I'm definitely more excited for Horde Mode than I was before. Um, the campaign, I don't know. I don't know yet. Hmm. <laughs> the last can the last Gears campaign was good but not great. Yeah. And I felt like it dragged a little bit towards the end. I kind of started losing interest a little bit because I know a lot of people love the story in these games. I'm not really one of them. Like I care still. I care about that group of people and every and the whole plot around all the other games, but not really on like a really deep level. Mm. Like when a character dies in Gears, I don't get weepy or upset. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I admit when Dom found his wife. Uh, yeah, that was a I, good scene. I thought that was funny. Oh, really? <laughs> I laughed at that. I thought it was a little. Didn't he find her in like a portolette type thing? Yeah, it was like in like a like a stasis pod yeah. thing or whatever. And I just, I just, it just was so overwrought and yeah. melodramatic, and I, it, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like that was also kind of part of the Cliffy B generation of Gears. Yeah, I feel like he yeah, tried. He tried too hard to make to take that franchise seriously. The first mm-hmm. one wasn't. It seriously. was just yeah. Seriously, you guys. <laughs> yeah. seriously. The first one wasn't like that at all. He was just like, you know what? I'm making this kick-ass shooter with a gun that has a chainsaw on it, yeah. and that it was just this raw, like, fun thing. And then he's like, you know what? I need to make this more serious. I need to evolve, and that's where I felt like things started. Right, I mean, Dom was looking for his wife from the beginning, so yeah. it's not like that wasn't set up. I just felt that. I don't know these big rah rah guys like suddenly like you know I mean I know Dom is more human than the other ones to some degree but like it just it just struck me as weird like it was a it was a weird shift from like murdering hundreds and hundreds of things to like suddenly is like randomly finding finding his wife in a box somewhere yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I thought I thought four did a better job of sort of painting the next generation as actual people to some degree. Uh, and I do think the the exploration of like is you know why is the the locust queen in her head is she destined to be the new one like how do locust queens arrive you know like kind of the, yeah. that was sort of a question in the original trilogy it was like why are the locusts led by this what looks like some kind of like a mutated human um, who narrates the whole thing right I mean there was, yeah. there was there's certainly room to explore there and hopefully they do. Um, I'm hoping, that, and I'm sure they will, because Rod Ferguson is running it, and uh, he knows better uh, than to do what so many other games fall into that trap of just doing Act Ones over and over again yeah. for their move, their stories. 
this already looks like clearly they're moving this forward beyond what they established in four. So uh, as long as you move it forward and don't just keep, you know, we told you this story to set this up for the next game, like tell a complete story. You can throw that cliffhanger on there if you want to, because clearly there's going to be another gears oh, yeah. to, to finish this a out. lot more gears, but like, um, you know, make me feel like I, I, I got a full story and I feel like we've, we've come to some kind of conclusion of an arc somehow for Kate at the end of this. And I'll be happy with it. Yep. That whole trailer is focused on Kate. Yeah. Which is weird because the first time they showed Gears 5, they made it seem like there were four characters that were all going to have kind of equal play. Mm -hmm. But since then, it's all kind of been about Kate. Yeah, I mean, Gears 4, the way it kind of evolves, like you, Kate becomes the focus of yeah. it. And it makes sense that Kate's the focal character for the for this game because she's... You know, everything hinges on her. She's she's also, she's sort of the ray of uh, yeah. of this of no, this trilogy good, because you have to, is she going to go good or bad? Is she going to be? Will she save the galaxy or destroy it? Right. Kind of thing, <laughs> Pretty so. much. Yeah. Uh, next up, Predator Hunting Grounds, PlayStation exclusive, asymmetrical mm -hmm. multiplayer shooter set in the Predator universe. Got the first look at gameplay for that. Um, the, if for those of you who are wondering, it's a game very similar to something like Friday the 13th, where mm -hmm. one person plays the bad guy and everyone else tries to either survive or kill the bad kind of guy. Dead by Daylight thing. Dead by Daylight. Yeah, it's uh, it's turned into like a cottage industry right yeah. now. I mean, I'll game. tell you this much. It ain't going to be long before they get uh, the alien in this. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, this whole game is ripe for them to add new yeah. monsters, basically. Pretty much anything Fox owns. Yep. They can cross over easily. I also would not be surprised if this game eventually comes to other platforms. Mm. Um, Sony dropped a hint. Yeah, that this, basically, like if like things that aren't our big tentpole exclusives have a good chance of coming to like PC. Yeah, like our multiplayer focused stuff probably going to start mm -hmm. coming to PC. I would not be surprised at all if this is like the first game. Yeah. Like I, I think this is probably the game they were talking about when they said that. It just makes too much sense, and yeah. you really need. For a game like this to be successful, you need a big audience because it's probably going to live on microtransactions and DLC and things like that. So you need as many people as possible contributing that $1.25, $2.50. It has to all add up, but you need a lot of people for it to add mm -hmm. up. Uh, are you interested in playing this game? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, these Compared kinda... to like all the others, like Friday the 13th and Evolve, where would you place it in the Pantheon? Uh, I mean, I'm, I didn't like those all that much. I didn't either. I mean... This is more interesting because the Predator is such an agile creature. Like, one of my things with, like, the other games is, like, the, the kill everything's so slow and clunky and Oh, Friday methodical. the 13th is just... Um, I mean, even Dead by Daylight is just, like, you know... Yeah. I mean, my concern is, like, at least this looks like the combat is interesting, like, whereas, like, so much of, like, Dead by Daylight is just sort of sneaking around and, like, fixing the generators and stuff, and, like, this looks more like an active participant thing. Uh, my concern on this is that one of the reasons the Predator is successful at the way it fights in, you know, in, in universe yeah. is that no one expects it. No one knows. You, you know, can't it's, see it's, it. It's scary yeah. because you don't know what it is. You don't know where to. I, eventually, you're going to figure out all the tells on this. And I feel like the Predator will then be at a disadvantage because you can't surprise anyone anymore. Uh, um, that's just sort of how these multiplayer asymmetrical things work. You know, you even see that in Dead by Daylight where, like, people who play that game a lot when they see which monster they're up against, right? Okay, so we do this, 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 and this, we're good. Yeah, it's like, and it's not always a guarantee if the person playing the monster is good at what they're doing, but it it kind of degenerates into sort of a by rote thing. My problem with this subgenre in general is how much you have to rely on everybody else. That's true. And that's you do what, need a good team. That's what killed Evolve because Evolve really relied on teamwork because yeah. you have one guy who just like needed needed to set a trap. 
Mm-hmm. And just making sure you had someone on your team that even had that ability was tough, and then you had to count on them actually doing it at the exact right time. There's a big learning curve to these games. Mm-hmm. I hope that they'll keep Predator simple. It's like the old saying goes, keep it simple, stupid. Like, they overcomplicate these in a lot of cases where you're like, oh, I need to go here. Like in Friday the 13th, oh, I need to go here and find the gas can, and then I need to go fill up the car mm-hmm. with the gas, and I need to go get everybody to get in the car so we can – like. That stuff never happens. Yeah, well, I think that's why like Dead by Daylight is so successful in that space is because it's very simple. It's, it's the, yeah. you do the same. The, the goal for the survivors is the same every time. The, the X factor is what the killer can do. Right. Um, and it's very smart. Uh, and you also, I think, it's important that you get ownership over your various characters. Uh, I admit, I'm not a Dead by Daylight fan, but I admit, I am. I you caught my eye by putting Stranger Things in it. Not because I'm a huge Stranger Things fan, but because letting me play as Steve. Like, <laughs> I do like Steve a lot. Yeah. Like you, might, you might get me back in to play some Steve. <laughs> uh, do you think this game's going to be free? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like this. I don't think they've said yet. Maybe someone in chat knows for sure. Um, I have a feeling it, even if it if it costs anything at first, my guess is like ten dollars. And like, then probably within a year it goes free to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like a good free game in that sense. I mean, I, I also wouldn't surprise me it was free and you had like a like a seven dollar like starter pack thing, right? Where you get like a bunch of they gave you stuff or, that was so useful or like things people wanted that like everyone buys it kind of thing. You know, um, and I'm sure. I mean, you can do tons of weird custom. I mean, there's how many? There's like probably forty different kinds of predators you could make skins of. Um, change out all the equipment and everything. Right. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of customization options, and you know, there's a lot of options in terms of how much you want to nickel and dime people to have those things. So, yeah, not surprisingly, I think the linchpin to this game, the most important element of it, is how the predator plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, oh, uh, yeah. it's called Predator, but I'm just like they were showing him in the trees. Like, how does that work? Like, is it just like all predetermined? Like, if you yeah. jump right, you just land on that spot in the tree, right. and you that's kind of what I'm up the trees. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Where like. If that is how it works, that's going to be very easy to predict yeah. once you learn how that all functions as a Because you'll learn the spots yeah. in, on the map where he can feasibly go. Right. And, like, when he jumps, you're like, oh, I know where he's going. You just point your reticle right on that spot and wait for him to land and just light him up. Yeah. So this I like the concept. A lot of balance to work out for that. I love the concept of this subgenre. I just don't feel like anyone's really nailed it yet. No, but I, I would like to see them nailed it. If, if, these, if, if someone's this is the one's going to do it, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be down with that. Yeah. Especially if you can kind of make it, you know, kind of bring in other movie stuff as you move forward. Like, I think Alien is, is an easy one. Yeah. Uh, you adapt, especially because they're also very agile. So, like, you know, the game engine is sort of designed around doing that. I think it wouldn't be a big problem. Uh, Terminator's in everything now. So, yeah. like, why not? I mean, once you get those characters in, you can start doing some fun stuff as well. Yeah. You can start pairing, like, the Predator with Alien against, like, mm-hmm. six people. Or you could put eight people against three of them and mm-hmm. throw the Terminator in. Like, you can start doing cool stuff. Like, you could even have, like, teams where there's yeah. three human players and the Predator and then three human players and the Alien. I definitely like to see them use it as, like, a platform the way Dead by Daylight yeah. does. Yeah, it could do some cool stuff. So it, I think it has some possibilities. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, up next. Or it might just do nothing and they'll pull the plug after like eight months and that'll be that. Yeah. We'll see. Or however long. I mean, the license is probably for two years. Yeah. So. It's hard to do games like that on a license because you want them to live a long time. Mm-hmm. 
It's like it's almost a detriment to have a license. You know, Friday the Thirteenth had all kinds of problems oh, with yeah. like the license. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth's licensing has been a mess for forever. It has, I mean, yeah. Same with like it's. I mean, it's similar to what happened with Godzilla, which is like why that Criterion Godzilla box set is mind blowing that it's happening because so many of those movies have weird distribution quirks or like because they're, they've always they were, tried to squeeze every last penny out right. of them well, they're was, like okay we have this deal with this studio right but can we tweak something and also make some money from this other yeah. and they do and then, it and then the people that like distributed that for you know 30 years ago on a piece of that yep. and it's like, you know, and it starts to get really yeah. messy and really complicated so so Predator but Predator and everything should be under the same you know one roof Disney now I guess yeah so. Disney owns everything now Disney owns Fox <laughs> and all that stuff now so. yeah We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I have high hopes for it. Yeah. Uh, next up, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. We thought we were going to get, like, the first publicly consumable campaign gameplay at Gamescom. We could still. It's not over. But what was shown during Keeley's show was not that. It was an alpha that's coming to PlayStation 4 this weekend. I'll say that again so you guys remember it. This weekend. There is a free alpha for anyone who owns a PlayStation 4. It is the gun game mode with, I think, four or five different maps. Uh, this is a two-on-two two mode. Uh, and again, free all weekend on PS4, uh, as long as you you're, you have a, a PSN subscription. Do you think this was the right thing to focus on at Gamescom? You said uh, earlier multiplayer stuff does well there because a lot of people are playing mm -hmm. multiplayer on the show floor. I get that. But I don't know. I mean, you're looking to make it. This game also is coming out pretty soon. Was it November? Yeah. Or no, October, October. 26th, I think it is. Um, so you got two months left. That's enough time to show the campaign at some point. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're at a point after seeing some of the journalists' response to the campaign where they're just like, you know what? Maybe we just don't show much of it. I, at think, all. I think it's more of a multiplayer-focused event, and like I'm sure. I mean, it's a multiplayer-focused IP now. Yeah, but I'm sure they'll do some kind of you know closer to launch thing where they show off the you know. There's too much notoriety around kind of the intensity of the campaign at this point. You got to show something. So I'm sure we'll get some little trailer direct something in September. Something like that. And just a quick synopsis of Gun Game. Gun Game, you get a different gun every time you get a kill. Mm. So you don't you don't use the same gun or loadout throughout the entire match. As soon as you get a kill, you get a new gun. And you have to master that gun and try to get a kill with it, and then you get a new gun. Uh, it was, after the multiplayer previews that came out, this was the mode that the press was talking about. If you read any of the previews, all of them were like, but my favorite mode was Gun, was gun Game. Mm. Like, so... I have a feeling that Infinity Ward or Activision just is like, this is what the press likes. Yeah, this is what we're going to roll it. with. And uh, so I'm excited. I'm going to play it this weekend. Are you going to give it a go? Probably not. No? It depends. It's different. I mean, it's two-on-two two with rotating mm. loadout. So it might be something that you maybe give a try, and maybe you'll like it more than you think. If I have the time. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's a we The weekend is not a great time for sitting down and playing stuff right now. Yeah. A lot of things to do. Gotcha. Uh, I will be playing. Uh, I'm Dinfire on PSN, so if any of you guys want to add me and want to play a bit this weekend... Uh, if I do play done. it, I would probably play it on Xbox. So. Yeah, you can't, though. It's only PS4. Oh, it's only PS4? Yeah, well, this is... Well, then that means I'm going to have to delete something. Oh. So now you're, now you're really... <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not happening. <laughs> yes, PS4 only, folks. It's not happening on Xbox. Mm. Uh, but I am Dinfire on PSN. Any of you guys can add me as your friend on PSN. I will accept it until my list is full. I think it's close right now. Uh, but I will be playing this weekend if you want to play with me. Is there still me. a limit on that on PSN? Maybe not. 
maybe they lifted that at a certain point. Or now it's like a thousand. I think maybe. it's I think it's more than you yeah, would ever. Yeah, yeah, so I should be good. Uh, so add me as a friend. I will accept it from any of you guys, and uh, I will mostly be playing on Saturday afternoon and early evening. Uh, Saturday early, I have today's high score back here. Um, and then Sunday, I have a fantasy football draft that'll be taking up a good portion of the day. So most of my time will be playing Saturday, late afternoon, and early evening. Add me, and uh, we'll get together and we'll play some gun game together. Uh, next up, Little Nightmares 2. Mm. This is uh, this game is published by Bandai Namco, mm -hmm. but it's an indie game. So this is one of those games. The first one was one of those games where, hey, we're a big publisher, but we want to have a little bit of an indie presence. And this is what came out of it. It ended up becoming like, I wouldn't say a smash hit, but as far as like smaller indie games go, it was a smashing success at the very least. Uh, have you played Little Nightmares, the first one? Uh, no. So it's like a stealth horror game mm -hmm. where you're trying to avoid being eaten by cannibals. All right. And it's it's scary. The art that they use in this game is kind of ugly. Well, you can see right there, that woman. And... <laughs> Typically in games where the art looks like that, I'd just be like, oh, that's just bad art and I don't like it. But in this franchise, for whatever reason, it works. It makes you scared of the cannibals and it makes you afraid of them. So you don't hmm. want to interact with them. Um, it is probably one of the bigger under the radar hits of this generation. Yeah, I would I mean, argue. I was aware of it. I just never got to it. I did like the look. Yeah. You can get that game, the base one, the first one now for like five bucks or whatever, if you want to mm -hmm. give it a whirl. Uh, but the sequel's coming. It's coming to pretty much all platforms. Looked a little Tim Burton-y. Yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah, for sure. And I would say that I don't always like Tim Burton art either, to be perfectly honest. No. If you, Tim Burton art has, is sort of the same thing over and over again, but it seems like it works here. The, the, or the, kind of what they're taking from it. Where I mean, there's no striped snakes. That's the really the yeah. thing. Like <laughs> well, the characters are ugly, and therefore it makes you fearful of them, and that's kind of the objective of this game, is that you, you're supposed to be scared and on edge. Um, but that's a smaller game. Uh, what else? Um, biggest disappointment, I think, was Sega's AAA game. Mm. So we thought maybe it might be a shooter from the Aliens team. Nope. Yeah, but once that teaser went up, it was obvious what it yeah. was. So. so it's a game called Humankind. It's basically a 4X strategy game mm. where you can build your own sieve. Which it gives it a little bit of a unique twist. You're not kind of pigeonholed into now you're playing as Denmark. Now you're playing as this country. Like you kind of craft your own civilization as you play this game. But ultimately, it is a Civ clone. Uh, the last Civ came out, what has it been, about 18 months now? Six? Uh, yeah. I don't remember when that came out, really. It's long enough that people are ready for another one at this point. This appears to be a good facsimile. I will say this. I feel like Sega was guilty of a little bit of bait and switch here on this. I mean, this isn't really a AAA game. Or X strategy games, no matter how good they are, are not AAA games. No, I mean, I mean, Civilization is. You think? Yeah, but like, like that's like right on the edge. Yeah, like it's about as far as I'd go. I feel like it was kind of a little shifty on Sega to say we got this big AAA game coming. Here's a four X strategy game. Well, I mean, if they're talking about budget and production value, like I can see that, but like, it's not a thing that you're gonna. Are you gonna put an ad for this on? Uh, on uh, TV on the NFL games? No, no. See, that's my point. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like to me, that's what a AAA game is. Is it going to get national television commercials? Mm -hmm. No, it's not. Even Sega is not going to advertise this during NFL football games. It's just not happening. That's and a I love big mammoth. It is. Yeah. 
And I love 4X games. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this game isn't going to be amazing and it may not get like, it, and it's, there's no way it gets a perfect 10. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is those games typically get big budgets. They generate a lot of interest on their own. This is not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a AAA 4X game. There you go. In the yeah. realm of that genre. Yeah. It, the production but, value is clearly top notch. But, but look, Sega got me. Hook, line, and sinker. I thought it was going to be something big and it ended up not. That's big. okay. They gave me what I wanted elsewhere. So. What was that? Yakuza. Oh, yeah. We hadn't got to that yet, but we'll get there eventually. Um, what else? Uh, the, the Witcher 3 was shown for the first time running on Switch. Did you get to look at this? No. Ooh. Let's see. This trailer isn't too bad. Ooh, that's, that's soft. Yeah. The, the trailer doesn't look that bad, but also concurrently with this, they put up a developer doc. That had raw gameplay in it, mm. and oof, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're kind of running. This looks like it's running kind of like on like low medium settings. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, it's The Witcher on Switch. The Witcher on Switch. It's still gonna it's sell the, like it's the Switcher. That's it's what gonna, are you gonna do? <laughs> it's gonna still sell like five million copies just because it's The Witcher on Switch. Um, I I mean I don't get it. I mean I love The Witcher three and all, but like I don't, who wants to play a hundred hour, hundred hour RPG that they already played four years ago on a six inch screen that looks like that. I mean I don't. And they're pushing that angle for hard full, too. Full price, I'm sure. And they're pushing that angle hard. They're like, oh well, you can play it on the go now. Like at the end of this trailer, like they have a like a bunch of messaging <laughs> about it. Right. Because there's nothing I want on the bus like the like having to ritually rebury a, a monster aborted fetus. <laughs> As, that is uh, my dream. I mean, clearly it looks like it includes all the DLC, which is nice. No, it's the complete di- whole thing. It's complete yeah. edition. It has everything. Yeah. So it does. That is. It does have that. I mean, if you have it. no other way to play it, great. Yeah. I mean, it's still a great game, even yeah. if it doesn't look amazing, and maybe it stutters here and there a little bit. I'm guessing it's going to stutter a lot. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think more it's going to drop to some real low resolutions in handheld mode. Um, that's possible. But, uh, I mean, on that screen size, you're not going to notice it as much. Yep, that's true. I mean, I, I play my Switch exclusively on My TV, big question so. is, like, navigating that inventory system on a screen that size? Like, yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I wonder if I they, mean, they have to have some revamped of that, that seriously. I would hope that they did. Yeah. Um, but look, Switch owners who have never had access to this game are not going to give a crap that it looks terrible compared to the other versions. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a fun... I mean, I'm, it's I'm impressed. impressed. It's impressed that they got it yeah. running at all. I'm impressed it's like, that it's even running on there. Because sure. I mean, when it came out for, for the other consoles, it didn't run great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had dodgy frame rates here and there. So, you know, maybe they'll keep working on it. Doubtful. I mean, the vanilla PS4 still doesn't run it very, right. very well. That's what I'm saying. So I'm actually impressed that they got it to mm-hmm. run an open world game like that. That they got it to run on Switch at all. But yeah, it's a shadow of the other versions of the game. You're still going to experience the story. You're still going to experience all the RPG elements of the game. Um, so for the most part, the graphics aren't kind of a deal breaker, but it doesn't look great. Again, you're sort of, in a, if this is the only way you have to play it, it's better than not playing You'll it. You'll take it. And I would argue, I would say, if this is the only way you have to play it, play it. Yeah. Like, go buy it and play it. It's worth it. Like, even if it doesn't look the, as good as it does on other platforms, it's still more than worth playing. Yeah, it was I mean, our game of the year. I mean, it's a it's a definitely a graphical feast on a on a oh, high end yeah. platform, but the real draw of it is more the story and the characters yep. and how that all unfolds. Yep. And so, if you can tolerate looking at it like that, if that's how you got to play it, play it. 
Yep. Worth it. Uh, what's is it next? a price? Is, is it going to be like sixty bucks? I'm uh, sure. I'm sure yeah. it's going to be full price. Why would they ever not make it full price? Yeah. They'd be stupid to not make it full price, don't you think? I mean, people seems like they'll pay it. So. Oh, they'll pay it. <laughs> it, it. It. They will pay it. I mean, it'll be one of the best selling Switch games of Q4, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. People. Some people have waited a long time to play The Witcher, Matt. Uh, next, but, who, up. They, but they don't have a PS4. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't know if I buy that, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I, mean, I think there are a lot of people that just buy Nintendo platforms. Uh, not as many. Consider you know the data says basically like maybe forty percent of Switch owners don't have another. Pl- oh, another really? Current platform. I think uh, Switch I is see that. primarily a secondary console. In that case, then maybe. It and works. if you're that dedicated Nintendo, maybe you don't even care about The Witcher. That's true. But they'll change their mind real quick once they play it for I don't know. a little bit of time. If it's not Breath of the Wild, it sucks. <laughs> Some of them do have that perspective, sadly. Uh, next up, uh, Borderlands 3 had a big reveal during Jeff's thing. It was just kind of generic on the Xbox press event. But at Jeff's, they actually introduced something new. Uh, there's a new post-game mode called Proving Grounds, which is basically a horde mode that unlocks once you finish the campaign. Uh, it's just a good way to keep farming for even more loot, mm. uh, keep leveling your character, getting new gear, things like that. Um, I feel like that game almost is kind of like a horde mode already. A little bit, <laughs> When yeah. you play it normally, because uh, it's like you're playing with other people and there's just waves of enemies coming that you take. Yeah, it's like you just go from horde mode to horde mode. Pretty right? much. Yeah. It's like the horde just won't move past a certain point in the level. That's mm. kind of how it's set up. Uh, so it makes sense. Um, but I don't know that I want to. Well, I don't know. I, I guess it's probably the best thing that they could do. It's better. It's a better idea than having like competitive multiplayer or something. Yeah, and it's at least something more than just having you play through it again, again and again and again. I'm sure you'll do that too. But and I'm sure like a lot of the DLC is going to be focused on that. You know, especially you know six months after the game's been out and everyone's mm-hmm. kind of finished the campaign and in some cases multiple times. Uh, that'll be something for people to go back to. So I think it'll be supported pretty heavily with DLC and cosmetics and things like that, and they'll make a ton of money off of it. But you're right. It's just good to have something else to do once you finish the campaign instead of just going back and playing mm-hmm. the same stages. And, and also, I mean, I'm, the DLC for Borderlands has traditionally been very story-driven. Like, you know, the expansions for the other two were, were legit. Like, they yep. were real meaty, like, extra little mini campaigns, and uh, this is a good thing to kind of keep you entertained until those start to come out for this. I mean, I would argue in general that 2K is pretty good about post-launch support. Yeah. I mean, I think people hate hate 2K for the way it handles the NBA 2K franchise, and rightfully so. But everywhere else, it's been pretty good. I mean, look at, like, Red Dead. Like, Red Dead just gave you Red Dead Online, and they've just been improving it and improving it and haven't really charged people money for stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it depends how successful the game is. This, yeah. I'm, sure this will, I'm sure this will be more successful than Colonial Marines was. Oh, absolutely. Which did yeah. not get tremendous post-launch nope. support. But, uh, I think I don't think anyone wanted post-launch no. support for that game. Well, it turned out you only had to change that one thing in the INI file, and it fixed the AI. That's right. So. It's crazy. Um, and then one of the big reveals uh, for opening night live was Disintegration, which is a, this is also a two. Which is the best Cure album ever. <laughs> Boys don't cry. I think it's the best Cure album ever. But mm. <laughs> I, I like pornography more than Disintegration too. But anyway, um, it's a new game from a former Halo developer, and it it's not like 
he wasn't like the creative director on Halo or anything like that. He was like one of the mid-range developers who worked on it. And it's a sci-fi first-person shooter that looks like a cross between Halo and Destiny. Have you checked this out yet? No. Although Except def- you have a mech. I see the Destiny uh, vibe. Just there. wait. <laughs> Except you have a mech. You have like um like you have these ships and robots that you pilot while you play. So it does have a little bit of a unique twist on it. But the art, like I don't know if like he took the art director from Bungie with him to work on this, but I mean it is just blatantly. Uh-huh. De- it's, I'd say it's more Destiny actually than than Halo, which is a little weird. Um, but maybe he just came to the same conclusion Bungie did, that this is a natural evolution of Halo into whatever the next thing would be for it. Um, but it looks pretty good, honestly. I mean, despite the fact that it looks derivative and it looks like a lot of other stuff, it looks pretty cool. I mean, if you told me this is a Destiny expansion, I'd believe you. Oh, absolutely. Until you see the mech running, right? But look, like I don't you know. Have... You could add mechs to Destiny, sure. Like, why not? But you're right. Like, they kind of have vehicles that look similar to the vehicles in Destiny. Um, that ca- that lead character that they show literally oh, yeah. looks like a Destiny character. Like, I think he may have actually... Right. Like, I think he may have, like, been in there and we just didn't notice it or whatever. He looks like uh, Nathan Fillion's character, really, yeah. with the eyes. Yeah. Which is, well, I was about to spoil something, but... <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't go there. But um, what do you think of this? Is there room for this? I don't know. It looks cool. Like, how far out is this? I mean, do we even have it's to like worry about it yet? It's next year. Yeah, I'm, so we'll worry about it next year. But is there room for it, I'm saying, when you already have I think it depends Destiny. what happens with uh, Shadowkeep. Yeah. That's what it's called, right? Shadowkeep? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You'll get it eventually. I just can't. Uh, stop calling things shadow anything. <laughs> like, I, I, it doesn't stick in my head. There are certain words that are used so much in game titles. Yeah. It's uh, I see it when you work on Sifted. Like stop when calling you, things shadow whatever. Stop calling things origins. Stop yeah. calling things retribution. Anything with an R. <laughs> I don't want to see any retribution, resurrection, judgment, revengeance. Anything <laughs> you know, like whatever. Anything with an R. I don't need in the subtitle. Yeah. Um. I think it looks good. They didn't show any gameplay. Obviously, that's all just pre-rendered mm. stuff. Hopefully, in engine. So it's hard to pass any kind of judgment on it. I would say. Based upon its art style right now, the way it looks, I think it's going to be hard to carve out its own niche. Mm-hmm. Um, you also are trying to compete against Bungie, which is much bigger and more successful and much more visible than you are. Um, it is being published by 2K's indie imprint, The Division or whatever it's called. Subdivision? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. but Subdivision sounds right, yeah. Um, so maybe there'll be a little bit of muscle put behind it eventually because it's coming from deep pockets, but... I think it might have a tough time kind of differentiating itself from a lot of the other stuff that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing from Keeley's event is Erica, which is which was stealth launched or shadow dropped or whatever the hell you call it. Um, it is, shadow crap. Yeah, <laughs> that's another word that should be eliminated. <laughs> um, it's a uh, it's a PlayLink game which had a big push about a year and a half ago yeah. and then just basically disappeared. Yeah, well, after that, what was the the game like? With the, it was like the Until Dawn developers, I think. Oh yeah, and it just didn't do anything. Yeah, it made no waves whatsoever. Uh, this is another one. It's I tried a, to play that with my girlfriend. We got through like like twenty or thirty minutes of it, and we're just like, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> just like, so you have to one person plays on the PS4, everyone else plays on their mobile phones. Uh, that's basically what PlayLink is. 
And it's an interactive thriller. It's an FMV-driven, choose-your-own-adventure thriller, mm-hmm. basically. It's interesting how, like, the live-action FMV is coming back. It is. With this and her story. and. But uh, the funny part is that the technology still hasn't really improved all that much. No, there's only so much you can do, really. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is I, – I think it came out the day, that day, yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's available now. I think it's $9.99, 10 bucks. But uh, if you can't get enough of that stuff, the sequel to Her Story is coming out soon in yeah. the next few weeks, I think. So you might want to hold on until that comes out. Certainly better pedigree on – Well, yeah, one. I mean, Her yeah. Story won tons of yeah. awards. It's, about, it's pretty much the pinnacle of FMV-driven video game design at this point. So you might want to wait for the sequel to that instead of plucking down 10 bucks for mm-hmm. – for this one. But that was Keeley's event. I mean, we just talked about it for, I don't know, like an hour. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I mean, pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, I give it probably an A minus or a B plus. I'd probably go B plus on it, yeah. I mean, he leveraged his relationship with Kojima to get something that no one else probably would have got. Sure. I mean, there's more there's more than just that though. I mean, if it had just been the death stranding thing, you I would have gotten wouldn't have gotten. You'd give it an F. Oh, it would have been like <laughs> But it was loaded with important stuff that people care about. I was a little disappointed in the stuff we got for Call of Duty, but still, he got Call of Duty exclusively in his show. That's a big deal. So I think he did a great job on it. The show itself, did you actually watch, or did you watch the show? I only saw, like, the the clipped-out stuff later. The show itself, like, production-wise, it was just like, here's a trailer. They come back. Hey, here's this game from blah, blah, blah. Let's have a look. Like, literally, the Mm -hmm. stuff in between just one exclusive after another was, like, eight seconds long. It really got to the point where I almost started thinking to myself, you know, for stuff like this, maybe it should be just pre-produced. Maybe. I mean, I think you probably see, if he does it again next year, you'll see something more elaborate. It was in a smaller venue. Smaller venue and also, like... You know, you're trying to do it in a foreign country. Yeah. You got to like logistics of it. You got to you know connect all you the fixers. You got to get the connections. You got to get all you know. That's not a simple process. Um, but now, once you have all those connections forged, like you can you know you know the basics. You know how what what needs to happen, and then you can kind of enhance it going forward next year. I'm sure yep. next year the production value will be be bigger, and they'll you know they'll have that all in place. There'll be a shorthand in place for kind of the basics, and they can play around a little bit more yeah uh, but mean, for a first time like i thought it was great the, the, yeah. it worked pretty well it did get to a point where it, they were you're coming back to him for such short periods of time it was almost mm-hmm. like okay they did have people on stage though don't get me wrong yeah. like people did come out to represent their games at points but there was just like this machine gun fire of exclusive 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 like it almost felt like you could have just pre-produced all that yeah. and just ran like a montage or something instead it got awkward coming back because he started running out of things to say <laughs> he started running out of like how to toss to a trailer or an exclusive but you're right for the first time in a foreign land they did an amazing job it turned out mm-hmm. really really good so kudos to keely for him kind of taking that formula and taking it overseas and managing to pull it off and do a mm-hmm. good job and load it up with great content so yeah. excellent job jeff and I think it's going to be a more and more important show moving forward as Gamescom gets oh, yeah. bigger and bigger. Yep. Uh, now we're going to just start picking up the scraps of Gamescom here a little bit. Uh, Nintendo hasn't really done much yet, but Nintendo, we don't really expect Nintendo to do a lot until the show no. proper kicks off. Uh, it'll be doing its Treehouse streams this week, I believe, from Gamescom. It did it last year. I'm assuming it'll do it this year. Um, it did drop a, a trailer today, early this morning. It dropped a trailer for Pokemon Sword and Shield that is basically just a tour of the towns in the game. Um, so this is one town out of many in the game, and they talk about the transit system, 
So there's a Pokemon that can take you from one town to the next. There's a railway system that can take you from one town to the next. Uh, they show off some of the buildings that are going to be in most of the towns, if not all. There's the person who studies Pokemon. There's a store where you can buy cosmetics. Um, I don't know if that's eventually going to be tied into some kind of uh, monetization strategy or not, but they pushed it really hard, the fact that there's these stores that you can go to buy clothes. Hmm. But that's it. That's pretty much all that Nintendo's given us so far from Gamescom. I have a feeling that when we come back next week and Gamescom is over, that probably a big focus of our discussion will be on what ultimately Nintendo showed at Gamescom. But so far, this is all we've got. Um, they showed lots of footage of this in the prior trailers, so it's not like a gigantic revelation. Like, they show the Pokemon Center for the first time, but they don't go in. Yeah. It's like she just walks yeah, up to nah. the door and walks away. It's like, I want to see what's inside there, bro. I don't want to see the outside of these buildings. But at least it was a nice little tease for Nintendo to kind of kick things off once the show got going proper. Uh, Sony. Sony was different. Mm-hmm. Sony yesterday delivered what I believe is the biggest announcement of Gamescom 2019 and probably will be even when it's over. And that is that Sony finally did what we said it was going to do a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Microsoft buying all those studios mm-hmm. and it bought Insomniac. Finally. Yeah. Well, this I mean, is like the two, the couple that you know <laughs> and you've known for like three years. You know the guy likes her. You know she looks likes the guy, but they're both too shy and they never actually hook up. And you go to, you're like, just do it. She told me she likes you. You tell me you like her. Just go kiss her. Like... This is what's been happening with Sony and Insomniac for like a, over a decade. Like yeah, just well, I think, just kissing get, get over. I think it Ted Price wanted his in, independence as well. I mean, I also think Ted Price is at the age where he was like, you know what? Time to cash in. Time to cash out. Yeah, and I don't blame him one bit. No, of course not. He's getting older, and uh, also you're in a war, you're in a market where like it's better to have the financial stability of being owned by one of the big boys. It, rather than be, you know, same thing that happened to Obsidian. I mean, not that Obsidian is on par with Insomniac, but like, it's that thing where it's like, well, you you know, one bomb, and your your company's future is in in jeopardy. Yeah, that's true. Um, you don't have to worry about that now. Yeah, so I I think it's a smart move, and you know, it came after a period of time where they did do some, you know, some outside stuff. They did you know they did Sunset Overdrive. They did that mobile game. They did Fuse. Um, <laughs> do you think that the PS5 demo that was shown using Spider-Man was maybe a little bit of a hint at what was to come. I mean, I don't think it was an accident, but also I think it's because I think Spider-Man is probably picked also more because of synergy with other Sony uh, departments Products. because you know yeah. Sony is is sort of the only thing they got going in the movie department, and like they're uh, you know Venom made a lot of mo- a lot of money. Uh, clearly, they decided to take. Spider-Man back from Marvel, and now Spider Sony's going to be the Spider-Man company. So, I think that's that's part of it too. Do you think Spider-Man is what convinced Sony after all this time to buy Insomniac? It wouldn't surprise me if if they're like, "Hey, we really would like that in-house, and we'd like to depend on you to just churn these out." Forever. Do you think that's what it's going to do? Or it's going to keep making Spider-Man games? I think they will. Would you be okay I, with that? I don't think that's all they're going to make. They're they're they, they have three separate teams. Yeah. I mean, the one team just basically is concentrated. And the other part, too, might be that Insomniac has been neck deep in VR. Mm-hmm. So Insomniac's done a ton of stuff for Oculus. I'm assuming that's going to come to an end. Yeah. And now all that, that team that's been working on VR stuff at Insomniac can just shift its focus 100% towards PlayStation mm-hmm. VR 2. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's a smart purchase on many mm-hmm. levels for some. I, mean, I, I just re- wonder why it took so long. I think it just really came down to Ted Price wanting to sell. It could be. And Ted I, finally I just it, hit that point where he's like, I just don't need to deal with it. And I would thing. imagine in the wake of both their VR success and their, uh, I mean, I don't know how their VR stuff sold, but they it hasn't sold. They definitely well. are making some of the more interesting actual games. They're on making VR. real VR games. Um, yeah. And then combine that with Spider Man. And like, I wouldn't surprise me if Sony's offer went up after yeah. all that. What do you think is going to happen to uh, Sunset Overdrive? It's just done. I think Sunset Overdrive was never going to get it. It was probably more. done before. I mean, know. they said, in some, you know, Ted had said before, it's like, you know, we would be up for doing another one, but, you know, Microsoft has to do it. You know, it's like, it's not up to them. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure that's the end of that. Like, that's too bad. I really like Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, I did too. It, you know, after all this time, it doesn't really surprise me. Um, I wonder too if Insomniac might be one of the studios that Sony's talking about that you know will consider their stuff for other platforms possibly at least initially maybe. That would surprise me a little bit, just in the sense that like you know I would say Insomniac, Sony Santa Monica, and Naughty Dog are sort of the triple crown, and like to me I would say just keep Insomniac's AAA stuff on the PlayStation. Yeah. Like make me have to buy a PlayStation to play, to play this Insomniac stuff. Is, is this, stuff. Would be the smart move there. Yeah. Keep Spider-Man on the Sony platform. Keep Spider-Man identified with I mean, I'm not in favor of it because I wish they'd just let it go and let Marvel Studios make the Spider-Man movies because they're good and they left Far From Home ends on a giant cliffhanger. What are we going to do now? Right. Yeah. Um but like uh if I'm Sony, I'm like I want you to associate Spider-Man with Sony and keeping keeping the games on a Sony platform is kind of step 1 there. Uh, I would honestly be bummed if they if their next game was a Spider-Man game. I really loved Marvel Spider-Man, but well, well, the the overlap of the different teams indicates that whatever the next game is will be something else. Because Spider-Man Two, I think is yeah, I'm sure Spider-Man Two is being worked on, but I think that's a couple a couple more years out. Yeah. So whatever, and, and you know they alternate. So I would expect I would expect to see a ratchet next, game next probably. Year, not, not a ratchet game. I don't think. Um, I think it'd be something I new. Know. I think something new. I think their next game. I'm, their I'll, experience, their luck with new IP is not. It is very but good. I'll, I'll I'll bet I'll put a bet down that uh, Insomniac's next game to release will be a new IP. It. I mean, it has like a couple VR games in development that I'm assuming Sony's just. Yeah, not let counting. It. I mean, what's that other? The one? Stormland, I think. Stormland, is one. yeah. So they're I wonder, So on I wonder stuff. what the what the deal is there, like with Oculus, if that could ever come to PSVR now. I don't know. Or if they've signed like an because exclusive. Because I do think Oculus was funding development yeah. of all that. And Oculus may get on the train everyone else is getting on of, you know what? We yeah, just want our yeah. games to sell as much as we can. Or just like the train of like, hey, we we need to get VR out there. Right. We, 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 we'll worry about who gets to own the platform later. I mean, truthfully, PlayStation VR could, being successful, could be good for Oculus. Yeah. Because people are like, I like this. It's not quite there. Yeah, Oculus would be wait, kind of the, there's this other thing yeah, that is. If you sell Oculus as sort of the luxury model. Yeah. To people who kind of got in on the gateway right. PSVR, the gateway like drug, be, which yeah. is PlayStation VR. So there's all kinds of angles to this, but most importantly, like congratulations to Ted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has worked his ass off for this. So and all the insomnia people who oh. now have job security for quite and some don't have time. to worry yeah. like, oh, if we put out this next game and it flops, what could happen? Like they're a part of the mothership yeah. now. Congratulations to all of them. Well deserved. It was a smart move for both sides. Um, I think part of this was. With Sony's reaction to Microsoft snatching up all those studios, um, but it just it's it makes so much sense. Like we've been saying, like for literally like 15 years, like why doesn't Sony just buy Insomniac? 
Um, but you're right. I think it was probably Ted just wasn't ready to do it yet. And now he's at that point in his life where he's like, you know what? I don't need to stress out about this yeah. anymore. Plus, I think. And you know, my employees don't need to stress out about right. it anymore. And I think, in the way, considering how the market is, considering the transition to the next generation, the, the uncertainty that brings with it. And I think, considering their success with Sony, I'm sure Sony offered them more money. You know, the, the offer must have been really good. Oh, yeah. To get, sure. get the people that made Spider Man in house. Yep. Like, it's just, it's just a no brainer. Yep. Match so. made in heaven. Um. Oh, here's here may be the second biggest story that's come out of Gamescom, although it didn't specifically come out of Gamescom per se. Uh, today, a new patent was discovered for the PlayStation 5 dev kit, hmm. although they're calling it PlayStation V. V. Adam, if you could bring up that image <laughs> and bring down our lower third there first, yeah. So, unknown electronic device... What the hell? Yeah. That's bizarre. Isn't it? It looks like an office building. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it looks like the inside of the, of the 650 Townsend. That is hilarious that you looked at that, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. It does look like an, like the inside of 650 Townsend yeah. in San Francisco. Um, so they're saying this is the PlayStation 5 dev kit. Now... Let's, That's let's, a lot of fans. Vents. Vents everywhere. <laughs> um, now, keep in mind, not all dev kits end up looking like the console no. that they're mo- made most for. Most of them don't, especially the first iterations. I don't know, though. I think it's probably 50-50. I mean, this, the Xbox ones were mostly just PCs, mostly just boxes. This, I don't know what the hell... Well, the, the shape of this is for, but I mean, it is shaped like a V, so maybe that's what they're after. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that, man. You're knocking it out of the park on this image, man. <laughs> Holy crap! You're right; it's shaped in a V. What do you? What are the chances that the PlayStation Five or V, whatever they end up calling it, looks anything oh, you know, close to this? Doesn't it kind of look like you could put like a, a VR headset on top of it? Like it would kind of rest. It does on it. Yeah, like as a unit. It does. I mean, most dev kits are literally just PCs. Yeah. But eventually, they do put out kind of factor-formed Yeah. And that, is a, that is a lot of USB plugs. Like, the GameCube dev kit eventually just was a GameCube. Yeah. Yeah, just a different color. Brown. Yeah. It was a brown GameCube. And then, like, or the, the, there was also the, the debugs were, like, Aquamarine green. green. Yeah. yeah. So Whereas the, the Xbox dev kits, Xbox 360 dev kits were just Xbox 360s. They're Xbox 360s, yep. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there are some that actually do end up looking like that. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me that they would bother making a dev kit that looks so distinctive. Yeah. If it didn't, or, if it le- or at least if it wasn't inspired by the product that mm-hmm. it's going to support. I mean, the front is ugly i got that's dev that's dev kit 101 right there you got like a disk drive and all these stupid like jumper but that's all almost all dev kits have that stuff the rest of the form factor they're like what are those things on the top on the sides the front oh oh, you mean the little slot thing yeah what is that that's what i keep looking at for like a like a headset thing right it looks like something that you would either rest them on or plug something in or like a charge sort of thing or some kind of a magnetic something or other oh you wouldn't want magnets near yeah. Hardware like that. But see, also, then look on the side right next to it. There's, like, a little shelf there mm-hmm. that something could rest on. Yeah. Like, you, to me, you just don't do this stuff just for a dev kit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of engineering involved there with, like, this form factor. 
But if that's what the PlayStation 5 looks like, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, it's coming. I just don't think that it is. <laughs> I there, I just don't see any manufacturer making a console that looks like that. No, I mean, the the number of vents on that thing right. makes me think that, like, it's probably because, you know, you, you, need, extra, you need extra cooling because the dev kits have more power. And yep. they're gonna be, you know, I, I don't know. I, the, I mean, the front of that, just, like, the indented face is, like feels ancient oh it's like, a it's, dust nightmare yeah also it, like i i there a lot of evidence points towards this being similar to what playstation 5 may look like i just don't think it's the case mm-hmm. i could never see sony manufacturing something that looks like that for public consumption yeah sony's so like form factor driven with these things it would be it would be unusual for them to go that far off in off of that far afield with it but i mean it, it is shaped like a v <laughs> that's all I can say. It's it's shaped like a V. It is. It absolutely is. That would be insane if that's what the PlayStation 5 even vaguely looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope it doesn't look that way because, dude, keeping the dust out of it. Oh, the, that's going to be a – yeah. You need you need to get, like, two air cams. Like, it just be – It's just bad design mm-hmm. for 2019. Like, I just don't see anyone making that. So maybe it's an early prototype idea. Although, I don't know. Like, every year, the pre- the backs of the Priuses get weirder and uglier. You're so maybe, right. maybe that's just what things look like now. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's it, one of those things where I'm like, I look at it, and I'm just like, that can't be it. But at the same time, like, it could be it. Well, like, I remember when like, I first, like, saw the GameCube, I didn't think it was real. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I was like, no way. Like, no one's going to make a cube. Because remember, Matt Casamassina broke it as Star Cube first. Right. Right. He had only gotten like half the story or whatever. And then people started making mock-ups that were literally stars. (laughs) Like the console was a star. Um, And this. Oh, yeah. And like each each leg of the star was the controller. Right. You could take it out. Yeah. Yeah, People went went way overboard with that one. But uh, I don't know. It's again, it's it's weird that something like that would be so detailed. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for it. Maybe that's PlayStation VR 2. Maybe that's the little module that you sit next to your console now. Yeah, that's. A I mean, if they're calling, if they call the system PlayStation V, maybe the VR is way more involved in it than we think it is. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it would it would kind of surprise me to see them triple down like that on VR as like kind of the linchpin of the system. But like they've put a lot into R and D on VR. Yeah. So so there you go. Because it doesn't. I mean, to me, that just doesn't look complete. It, it looks just like, doesn't it looks, look like a console. It looks like something. It looks like one of the like a Sega CD, like an add-on to something. And like those things on the top could be like where you Plugs. put the VR module yeah. and it snaps in. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but if that is what it looks like, like, oh god, some kind of charging port for something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's drawn very similar to the way they draw the USB slots. So who knows? Yeah. Some kind of weird. Cu- oh god, some kind of weird custom plug port. That's all we need. Why can't everything just be USB-C already? It made me rebuy all the damn cables already. I mean, everything should be yeah. at this point. There's really no reason. But, yeah. So there you go. There's one place Nintendo's ahead of the game. Yeah, that's true. What might be a look at PlayStation 5, PlayStation V, whatever it ends up being called. PlayStation V. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound it'll make when the fans overheat. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, but anyway, that's it for Sony at Gamescom. Again, so far, we've seen nothing from The Last of Us. We've seen nothing from Ghost of Tsushima. Again, we still got the whole week to go from Gamescom. Day one, though, we didn't get stuff from any of that. We got this, which is even technically a part of Gamescom, and the new PlayLink game, and that's it. Uh, Just a couple third-party stragglers. Uh, Marvel's Avengers today. 
the gameplay went up. It's mm-hmm. up on Sifted right now. Uh, the demo at E3, although, Matt, you think that they may have tweaked some things. It looks to me like they tweaked uh, Cap and Tony's faces a little bit. I might be wrong, but they just looked a little less sterile to me in this clip. Um, I don't know. I don't. Th- the others didn't look any different to me, but uh, Tony and and Steve felt a little felt like they had been softened a bit in the face. It also appears. But otherwise, this is exactly what I saw at the booth. Yeah, this trailer. It, you guys have probably all figured it out by now if you've watched it. This trailer is basically just a cut of the demo. They yeah. just cut the highlights from the demo into this. Um, you noticed that maybe there was some tweaks to the actual game, though. I did. Yeah, you said that you thought the battle was shorter. In well, the battle with stuff that they the battle between Black Widow and Taskmaster is definitely shorter than what I saw live played yeah. in front of me. But I think that was because the person playing it when I saw it uh, screwed something up. Oh, so they just played. I poorly. just think they didn't. They, yeah, they got hit a few times, and that, I mean, clearly the, the the demo was live. Like, there's certainly bits uh, of the Iron Man section too, where when I saw it live, he got hit a couple times, got knocked out of his move, and had to redo it. Whereas in this, he just dodges smoothly out of the way and does the right move. Um, so clearly what they were playing was actually happening real time, you know, uh, uh, going on. But the Black Widow fight in my demo was, like, lasted way longer. No, it dragged like, on for me, like too. Like, the fight on the, uh, when they land on the bridge and actually have, like, the, the you know, the punch fight, uh, that went on for almost twice as long in the demo I saw as it does in this in the clip they put out. It'll be interesting, And if they, sh- if they shorten that fight just in general, that's probably good because it was not interesting. It's the least interesting part of the demo, though it is interesting to note that Black Widow does have her her twin pistols, and Lara from the same developer never got her twin pistols. (laughs) Because you can see in some of the stuff with Black Widow, she's clearly based a little bit on Lara. Yeah, um, where she's sliding down stuff and jumping off things and that kind of thing, and some of the some of the combat. I'm sure they reuse some of that. Oh yeah, but like she looks like she plays more like Lara Croft than Lara Croft did for three games. Yeah. So, I'll be interested to see the public reaction. And there's a little demo. bit of stuff at the end here where uh, you see a couple of, you know, you see the abomination um, in the in the full length thing. You see uh, uh, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. Uh, she's she's the narrator and she's meeting the Avengers. And she's got a Captain Marvel shirt on, which is cool. Um, some space stuff there. I mean, there's, there's I'm interested. It's just it's not. You know, the thing, I think my thing is, like, it all looks fine. Like, that's about as far as I go to combat and everything looks fine. You could probably tweak it more between now and May. My issue is that, like, it has no charm. Yeah. It, has, it has no charisma in the way that, like, like I love those that's characters in the movies. That's what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done. Though. Yeah. It made these flat 2D characters into believable people, yeah. basically. And I just don't think this is... I don't think this is even pulling off a, a vague facsimile of it. It's just not. I mean, they're trying to do the banter, and it's just not there. Yeah. It's just not working. And it's not like a thing against the voice actors or anything. I think they're doing the best they can. But, like, the the spark of charisma that sort of defines the property in the films just is not here. And that's what they need. Uh, I don't know how you get that if you, know, you can't re-render all those scenes or whatever. But, like, that's my main thing is, like, I don't. The characters. I don't. There. I don't get Tony from Tony. I don't get Cap from Cap. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Get, and Thor. I mean, Thor. I mean, the portrayal of Thor is legitimate, but it's like a Silver Age Thor. It's not like a modern Thor, where yeah. like Thor is kind of a, you know, Thor Ragnarok kind of made Thor funny and yeah. made Thor. He's like the the comic relief. Right. He's a wisecracker. Like he, yeah, he's more fun now. And, Him and Tony. Uh, as to, well, as Tony sort of became more and more PTSD. Right, right, right. Thor stepped up to be the funny Filled one. Filled that void. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you don't have to mirror that exactly in a game, but it's just like it feels very. 
paint by numbers right yeah. now, and I think they need to break those characters out of those sort of like it feels like you've gone back to square one with some of them and their portrayals, and you're not taking the right lessons from how the the movies show them. And I think yeah, the movies learn some lessons. Yeah, it's really where you 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 know you've got the the acting talent to do that with those that voice cast is amazing is some of the best in the business. They're the biggest and the best. Um, yeah. You could give them the right material and they could make these characters shine, and it's just not happening in these clips so far. I'll be interested to see the uh, public response to it. I mean, so far what I've seen has been pretty positive. Has it? I mean, it's just especially because like we talked before, like you know the negative response and write ups at E3 had everyone expecting the worst, and it's I mean, this is the same as the leaked footage that came out a while ago, and everyone's saying the same. It's like, yeah, it looks doesn't look great, but it looks fine. It doesn't look like a, the disaster that like you were. Some people made it out to be. Yeah, yeah. and, and I also I think the shock of the what they look like has sort of worn off, and people are sort of used to the idea that like. They don't have the actors. Um, yeah. yeah, they don't have the actors. You're going to be able to reskin these characters with like a thousand different costumes and outfits and whatever. And you'll I'm, pay for it. And I'm sure, you know, <laughs> just like Marvel Heroes, I'm sure there will be skins based on the, the actors or, or vague versions of the actor. You know, they'll be able to get that if that's what you want because you'll, be, you'll have to pay for it. And that's what they want you there for yep. is to pay for that stuff. Um, I, I believe that that is one of the reasons they killed Marvel Heroes was because they wanted to take that that business model and apply it to this game yep. going forward. Also because they didn't want to do any more X-Men shit. And they probably were going to work on Ultimate Alliance, which is a little too ser- similar. Like, you know, plans were in motion. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not dismissing it, but I do think that um, their work is cut out for them coming off the back of the biggest movie of all time because people go back to see these these characters. Over, you, know, you don't go back to see Marvel movies over and over again because you want to see how the latest blue light in the sky gets put out. Right. You go because you want to spend more time with these people. Yeah, for sure. And that's the kind of... That's the angle that this game lacks in completely. And, like, then, like, if, if the gameplay was more interesting, you'd have... You know, but, like, everything just looks sort of like a watered-down version of every... You know, it's weird. I mean, Thor playing sort of like Kratos which I think is the closest comparison in the latest God yeah. of War is pretty, is, you know, it's, an inter- it's a good way to go about it. But I just think it's weird that, like, you got these soldier dudes taking three hits from Mjolnir, and it's just like I, not- the power doesn't feel like it's there. <laughs> yeah. Also, the other thing, rewatching it, I thought about this in the booth at E3 as well, but watching this again really made me like it. They kill a lot of people in this. Oh yeah, and like I'm not, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not against like you know they kill people in the movies too. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not they don't have a code against killing really unless you're Spider Man. But you know in the in the comics that is that the Avengers don't kill is kind of a they don't at least they try not to. But like Hulk is just knocking uh, guys yeah. off the off the Golden Gate Bridge like you know, it, it's, oh I mean Thor's hammer. Oh yeah, it's just insta death. Like, I mean, the guy who gets pinned against the back of the I mean he's, he's dead. dead. At, <laughs> he's at dead. the very least, his ribs are all broken. Oh yeah. Right? Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's some brutal violence. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it, but I'm, it's just like, it's, it's weird, you know? It's yeah. like, it's, it's like how Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man, like, yeah, you could knock a guy off a building, but it did that automatic thing where he kind of quickly webs them and right. hangs them. Yeah. And yeah, Just look, that quick little animation. If you hang upside down from the edge of a building for more than like five minutes, you're going to pass out and probably do some damage yeah. to yourself. But like, you can kind of get around it, but this is just like, nah. No, he, they're dead. He, he threw that, <laughs> he threw the, the, the truck full of people off the Golden, the Golden Gate, Gate Bridge. Bridge. They're, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> uh, let's see, just a couple more. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII, the remaster. They put out a trailer for that this morning. Uh, that is coming on September 3rd, which seems really fast to me. I know we were waiting for a release date for this for, for a bit now, yeah. but I thought we'd get it next year. I'm, I thought the remaster of this was going to be pretty fast. I mean, you got to get it out there. Yeah, got to strike like, while the iron's bef- hot, I guess. While the iron's hot and also before... Um, Seven. 
Well, also before <laughs> the big holiday releases hit. Yeah, this is, it'll this get is, lost yeah. in the shuffle. Nothing uh, a Final Fantasy VII remake so far, though. No, that doesn't surprise me. I thought Keely, somebody would have had it in yeah. yesterday. I don't think we'll see that until next early next year. Yeah, I mean, Square Enix, generally not a gigantic participant of Gamescom. No. Um, it's there, but it's not. It does. Tokyo Game Show is coming up, too. Don't forget that. Maybe that's yeah, where I would we get the next Tokyo, blowout. If, if you're going to see Final Fantasy VII again before the end of the year, it's going to be at TGS. Yeah, or maybe if Sony does its thing. I think TGS. Yeah. Yeah, so Square is Square likes to do the home crowd. Well, even though the Japanese market at this point is almost irrelevant, and that's not even an exaggeration. I mean, other than mobile gaming, the console market there is just in the toilet. Except I for, like except for Days Gone. Yeah, I like how the Japanese developers still care, yeah. and they're like, you know what, our market may be really small now, but we're still going to say something for these people. So. Mm-hmm. I, I like that ideal, that aesthetic. Uh, and there's been a, there's kind of a tradition piece. of Final Fantasy VII stuff around the same time as uh, TGS. I mean, that big Advent Children box set thing, you know, that yeah. crazy huge thing, came out the same week, I think, as TGS. Yeah, uh, like I seem to remember that. 2003, yeah. 2004, maybe it was 05. I can't remember what that was. But it came out while I was in Japan. And uh, I remember my girlfriend wanted one, so I bought one and shipped it back. And shipping it back costs more than the, more <laughs> than cost. buying it. Like it was, yeah. Oh, just to make clear, I'm sure most of you guys know this, but just in case, the Final Fantasy VIII remake is not like the remake of Final Fantasy VII. It's oh, no, actually it's, just a, it's remaster. a remaster. It's yeah. like, but it's eight is the only one that hasn't been remastered. Yeah. In because every almost every other major Final Fantasy, if especially, you count especially, what they did to Final Fantasy VII before, is that yeah? I mean, it's the PC version. Yeah. Brought back, you know, it's made so it runs. But again, PC version has better music and better fidelity. But like, um, if you ignore the glitch that kept resetting the music, but I think they fixed that on most of the platforms now. <laughs> Someone just wrote "final femininity" <laughs> in the chat. But uh, it, yeah, eight's the one that ever. I mean, eight's kind of one of the least popular ones. It is. Um, but it's still popular enough that people wanted a complete collection of remasters. So why not? And also like. I mean, the original is just ugly as hell now. So like, it I is. mean, there's that famous, there's the meme where uh, you know where where Renoa because comes it's up, polygonal. Where Renoa comes up to uh, Squall and like wants to dance with him, and he's like, "Why me?" And she's like, "Cause you're the best looking guy here." And then like, <laughs> it zooms in on the polygon model, and it's just like it's not even a face. It's like this horrible thing. <laughs> to the point that they put that out as a comparison this week. Uh, I saw that. With, yeah. with, it's like, hey, he actually is does he actually has a human face now yeah, in that shot? He's still not very handsome, but well, <laughs> the audience um, digs it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Final Fantasy VIII, September third for all major platforms. Switch, Switch as well. Uh, next up, another thing to kind of leak today: Rockstar Games, um, something called Bon Air was classified in Australia. It's actually failed in Australia because Australia is mm. really, really aggro over game ratings right now. Um, and the, people are guessing that it's a, a Red Dead Redemption 2 expansion. Called Bonaire? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why people are assuming that. I mean, I well, because Red Dead just came out and they haven't really announced any real DLC for it other than just updates and things like that. So it is kind of due at this point. But... I don't know. I mean, it could be a, a new game. It could even yeah. be like a mobile game or something. Like that, Rockstar hasn't really got into mobile game development at all. That's true. And it, it that's a huge market just sitting there that they could absolutely pilfer. I mean, Rockstar makes a mobile game. That's big news. So 
Maybe it is. Maybe it's a first mobile project from Rockstar or something. The, the word does not ring true for me as far as like connecting the dots between any other Rockstar properties mm. or Red Dead for that matter. So I don't know what to make of it, but it was denied classification mm. in Australia. So it's got to be pretty close to being done. That's probably another reason why people are bon, like... Bonaire is an island municipality of the Netherlands that lies off Venezuela's coast in the Southern Caribbean. Okay. So I don't I don't know how you tie that, <laughs> that in with Red Dead Redemption 2. That does not connect any dots whatsoever. <laughs> well, it, tie, it connects dots in the sense that like they you know if they're going to do another open world sort of thing in a weird war-torn country sort of thing, you guys could do something like that. I don't yeah. Know. But anyway, just something to keep an eye on. Maybe we hear more as Gamescom goes on. I don't know. We'll see. It doesn't seem like Rockstar is at Gamescom, but 2K is certainly there. Um, I mean, it's mostly like a it's it's a desert island, but it's like a like a tropical vacation place. Definitely doesn't seem to make much sense for unless it's like a code name. Yeah, it's I don't possible. Know. But I mean, once they I don't even have a theory on that. Well, once they send something for certification, it doesn't have a code name anymore. Mm. It would have its actual. It would just title. be called that. Yeah. Maybe it's the sequel to Bully, and that's where he moved. To Bonaire. To Bonaire. <laughs> the Fresh Prince of Bonaire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, a couple of last things. Uh, Matt already spoiled this one. <clears throat> the Yakuza collection was announced today for PS4. Uh, it includes Yakuza 3, 4, and 5. Yep. So that completes the completes, completes the set on yeah. the PS4. Yep. You'll be able to play all of those games uh, redone on PlayStation 4 at that point. And probably uh, the first time Yakuza 3 has ever been... In the, I think, yeah, uh, assuming they they just relocalized what was released in Japan as the remaster, it'll have all the content that was cut from the PS3 release in America. Yeah. Which is not like a ton, ton of, I mean, it is a ton of stuff, but it's also not very vital. It's just like the it's the hostess bar stuff and like the Mahjong and, and stuff like that. But it's going to be the first time the, the complete game has been released here, which is cool. Yep. Uh, we have lots of Yakuza fans on Sifted. Yeah. I don't know why. It just has happened that way, but we have a lot That's of people good. on the site. It is good. But, I mean, I think if you would go to other sites and look at the reaction to something like this, like percentage-wise, I don't think mm-hmm. it would be as tilted as high as, like, this percentage Maybe of people. Not. Well, I'd like to think that some of them listen to me. That's possible. I do talk that series up a you lot. You do, absolutely, and for good reason. Uh, and then just the last couple things about Gamescom so far, just a couple no-shows. Haven't seen Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order yet. Were you surprised it wasn't in something yesterday? Not really. No? I mean... I mean, this, this should be a big game that either Microsoft or Keeley would want. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't mean anything's ready to show or that EA cares. Or that, I mean, it ha- doesn't it have to show that, something? Well, it depends, because, de- I mean, Lucasfilm controls this. So it's, if Lucasfilm doesn't want to do it, it doesn't happen. Huh. So Lucasfilm may have their own plans. I mean, we still have a lot of time. The yeah. show's still going on all week. We, something could pop up. How would you feel, though, if nothing does come out for this at Gamescom? Well, something will come out eventually. I mean, it's, Lucasfilm wants to do what they want to do. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as, like, the the game's prospects, do you think that would be a... doesn't matter. It, it won't matter? It has nothing to do with anything. Lucasfilm isn't making their decisions based on that. They're making their decisions based on their marketing plan. It has nothing to do with whether the game's going to be good or not. I promise. Lucasfilm no, I'm not talking about that. that. I'm talking about sales. Like, doesn't it, matter. The game being successful, you need to promote it in Europe. At Gamescom. Of course you do. Yeah, you need to put commercial, commercials out a month before it comes out. That's it. 
Like, it doesn't matter. Well, then why does Gamescom E3, why does any press event exist if that's the case? Well, because you just stuff put your commercial that, out a month before it comes it, out and you make a billion dollars, right? I mean, you probably could with with AAA stuff based on Star Wars or other major brands. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, There's a reason I mean, that, that their marketing plans have – they have marketing plans. There's well, a because, reason they start ramping it up 18 months before yeah, well, it comes they just out. Yeah, they just did that two months ago at yeah. E3. Like they're not, it's gonna be a hard. I mean, I've I've dealt with them before. It's a hard. It's gonna be a hard sell to say you got to do another thing like that, but different two months later. Like why? Like we've already did that. Like E3 is worldwide. Everyone in the world saw that. Why do we need to do this thing in Europe? I mean, they're not idiots. They they're not how, idiots. They know how the industry works. And yeah, and that's why they're not doing it because it doesn't matter. It does matter. It's not going games. Not showing Jedi Fallen Order at Gamescom is not going to matter. It could if they showed a demo that got people excited for it instead of the what happened at E3. Yeah. It could, but that demo's not ready yet. I, I mean, E3 you. hurt this game. It's only it's only been two months. Yeah, They're I mean, everybody else is doing it. Everyone else is managing it. Yeah, but if they didn't plan to do that originally, that's then true. That isn't going to be part of their plan. I would argue forward. it was worth after what happened at E3. It was worth scrambling something together. Again, I think you're overestimating how much the core game viewers who pay attention to E3 matter in terms of having that big those big sales. All you need to do is is grab the mass audience. And maybe show something closer to launch. I mean, I don't know what's left. You'd have to do it kind of as your own little, like, own direct sort of thing at this point, I guess. That's what I'm gonna, saying. Because you're not going to show this at TGS. Right. That's what I'm um, saying. This is like its last opportunity. Look, it's not over yet. Like, we still have time. So. It's not a last opportunity for anything. It's just, it's, you know, they can do whatever they want whenever they want. They're just going to have to pick a time where they can get some kind of bandwidth, you know? Um, I mean, I would say if you haven't shown some kind of, like, new little blowout thing by the end of September you're in a weird position because oh, yeah. October is when all the big releases come out and you're going to have to fight for signal to noise ratio. There will be point. no signal left at yeah. that point. So we'll see. I so, hope something I comes mean, out this week. I just want to see more of the game and all. I'm just being yeah. selfish. Like I'm not down on it like everybody else is. I'm excited for it still. My other so. guess is that um, it's probably connected up somehow with their marketing rollout plan for episode nine, um, which we also haven't seen a ton of. Um, I, I would be... Honestly, I would be more expecting to see this at D23. I'd, I'd agree so, with that. Yeah. Like, when is that? This weekend, I think. Oh. Or next weekend. I mean, look, maybe they Soon, did. like real soon. Maybe like they just took the demo and were like, no, we're going to do this with our own event. That makes like, sense I to mean, me. That, I mean, certainly what they did with Comic-Con. They didn't yeah. show any Star Wars there, really. So, I mean, D23 is probably what we're looking at, if anything. If anything. This soon. Um. And they prefer to show pretty much. Every, I mean, certainly they prefer to show their movie and TV stuff uh, at their own venue. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was true here. Although they didn't do anything like that with Battlefront Two or Battlefront at D twenty three in twenty fifteen, but I don't think it was ready yet. Yep. This seems further along than what, I think Battlefront struggled to get done on time. The first one, anyway. Second one was done in time to put all kinds of microtransactions in it. <laughs> uh, and then the last no-show so far, and again, it's early, and there's a whole week left, Elden Ring. We haven't, we haven't heard anything about that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not slated to be shown to the public anyway. Mm-hmm. It was only scheduled for behind-closed-doors uh, press demos. There, so might, you, there might be an embargo on that where they don't actually mm-hmm. report on it till they, they come only, back next week. Or they've only just seen it and haven't had time to write it up. Right. I mean. Well, I think if, when people see that, they'll write that up right away. Yeah. But either it's embargoed or they just haven't had the event yet where the press checks mm-hmm. it out. But it should be coming. We'll hear something about it for sure eventually. But I'm just really excited to hear about it. And uh, and if not, maybe TGS. That's possible. I mean, we're definitely going to see it at TGS. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. They may wait. They may hold the embargo until then. 
I'm not. You're not. I, I'm not kidding. Not impossible. Yeah. yeah, it's been done before for sure by Japanese mm-hmm. publishers. So, haven't seen anything from that yet. By the way, that's from Software and George R. R. Martin's game. Although more from Software than yeah, Mr. Martin. George R. from Software had a meeting with George R. R. Martin <laughs> at some point, <laughs> and he wrote something on a on a post. Wrote something note. on a napkin, and then, <laughs> and then slid it over, and then they slid over a check yeah. for ten million dollars. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, so that's it. That's uh, Gamescom 2019 so far. Again, we'll be back next week to kind of clean up all the things that have happened, that will happen over the next few days. I have a feeling a lot of that stuff's going to be Sony, Nintendo, the big boys, although Microsoft kind of already gave us what it's going to give us. Um, So anyway, stay tuned to Sifted all week. We'll have all the hottest stuff as soon as it goes up. Um, At our Gamescom hub, we have already like 350 pieces of content like yesterday. It's insane. So Gamescom is kicking ass. Uh, what would you give overall so far for Gamescom as a letter grade? It's kind of hovering in the B, B plus range, I'd say. So if I compare it to I'd say, every, I <laughs> every press event, I think it's where you say. But when I compare it to Gamescom, to me, it's like A, like solid oh, A. Oh, yeah, for Gamescom standards, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good show already, and there's still a lot more to come. So there you go. We'll be back next week to wrap it all up. Uh, but that's all the hot stuff from the first day of the show. We just have one other topic in this week's episode because we knew Gamescom was going to be huge. And that is No Man's Sky Beyond, uh, the new update that just came out for uh, for No Man's Sky. Is it free? Yeah. Absolutely free. Of course it is. My plan was to play this. And Matt gave me a bunch of tips and pointers to help me play it. And then I got to the weekend and we had so much pre-show content to get done before Gamescom that I never got to play it. Mm. So this is all you, Matt. Yeah. What what are your impressions of No Man's Sky Beyond? Um, it's pretty great. Um, so the one caveat here is I did not have time to try VR. Okay. Um, there's a problem with the VR. Or there's like a glitch that people... There was a exploit? glitch where like... And it's not really an exploit so much as I think it's just like... It's a weird problem where, where um, if you're using the, the move controllers... Um, your your character can like if they're so oversensitive that your character can just constantly punch, and in the Nexus, which is what you're seeing here, there's an issue where if someone is doing that either intentionally or unintentionally, they can kill you. Oh, geez! In the Nexus, huh. and if you die in the Nexus, you lose all your stuff. Oh my! And you can't God. pick it up again. Because oh it's, my god! It, it's not a planet, so it doesn't leave a grave. Oh so my god! Dead. So that happened to me. Oh my god! Now, luckily, I had I had. So if you get out of the ship while you're there, that auto saves. So like you're kind of stuck. It, it get, auto saves, and then when you die, it auto saves again. So it overwrites your auto save. But I had a manual save from the planet I was on right before I went there. Ooh. And so I I oh got I was able to just I lost like ten minutes. It was nothing. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um. But if you haven't hard saved in a while, uh, you could lose a lot. Um, I mean, it was, and also even more than before, because so one of the big changes here is uh, they upped the inventory space dramatically. That is so, music to my ears. So, and previously, uh, the way the inventory space worked was you could hold 250 of an of an element or what you know in in your of a standard element or material like that in your inventory, and then the Cargo of your exosuit and your your uh, your ship your could hold five hundred, and then your freighter could hold a, a thousand per slot. Now they have upped that so every slot doesn't matter what every slot exosuit whatever they all hold ten thousand. Wow, per slot. That was my biggest um, hang up. Now the in, the l- now little like piece like like vortex cubes or gra- you know individual items 
those are still limited to five and ten. Okay. But elements like carbon, oxygen, you know, iridium, whatever, all the, the elements you mine, as a, those are all 10,000%. Oh, God. So That's the that's a game changer right there, man. Yeah. I so, mean. And the reason for that is largely because, you know, ba- base buildings become such a thing that you need that much to kind of build yeah. along and do what you're going to do. I mean, do. I had that. I needed that much when I first started playing it. It drove me crazy having to juggle stuff mm-hmm. through my inventory. So now you can do that. There's a, there's a new upgrade. For, so at the Nexus, when you go to the Nexus, you can – here's another great thing. Um, you know, one of the things about the previ- previously was every time you got a new blueprint or like learned a new recipe or whatever, it was random. Like you had to get a random thing. Now there's a tree. Oh. So you use various currencies to up to get recipes for things, but you can just go to the next. Excuse me. You can go to the nexus, and there's a bunch of vendors for each type of technology, and they just show you the tree. Of all the stuff you can build in that, t- you know, exosuit or exocraft or building materials or, you know, you know suit tech, whatever. Um, the, the tree is just right there. And you can go use your, usually it's salvage data or uh, or nanites that you earn for, for missions and stuff. Um, and you just buy those recipes right there. And even That's when great. you do the thing, like, to learn the rare stuff, the stuff, you, you know, because there's, like, the advanced craft stuff where you can craft this into this and this into that and that into this thing and put those two together and make this and put those three together and make this. And then the thing you, you made is, like, worth 14 million credits. Huh. So to get those, you previously had to go uh, reactivate manufacturing facilities and you would get a random recipe. Now when you solve the puzzle to reactivate the manufacturing facility, it shows you the tree of all the stuff you can build, and you can specifically pick what you want to learn to build next. Ah. So they've given you much more control over what you're going to learn to craft and and the order in which you learn learn it, which is great because that was annoying. Yeah, I mean, there's um, lots of quality of life improvements, but yes. what are the big, big things? The three main things are um, uh, VR, which I haven't tried, but supposedly is pretty good. I'm not going to try it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll get in that ship and barf all over myself. The uh, VR, uh, the other one is multiplayer, so you can have 32 players now. Is it easier um, to come into contact with other people? Yeah, you just go to the Nexus. Oh, okay. Um, so I haven't seen any people in the like, wild in the wild yet, but you can if you just you can summon the Nexus, which is like this big Death Star looking thing, which is where Polo and Nada are, the two aliens who kind of help you through the Atlas quest, uh, and it's this big thing where you just fly in. There's like parking for like like a bunch of different ships and you can also see everybody's ship which is cool like seeing every, all the different cool. ships people have parked yeah. around there I've seen some really like weird stuff I bet uh, and everybody's running around nobody's a, a glowing sphere anymore everybody's they're in, people everybody's their own like character that you've designed with a character appearance designer and colored and everything so you can see everybody running around you can r- run into each other and do gestures and wave and chat like there was, there's some text chat you can talk. can they just hop in your ship and take off with no. you no oh they can't. No, you, you can't you can't do that oh um the, that kind of uh, sucks. I don't want people stealing my ship. Um, but, I mean, you should only be allowed to drive it, but people should be able to get in it with you and be able to go with you. If well, there's only one seat in the ships. Right, but you put another seat in there. You can't redo that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's crazy. You, re- you put an extra seat in my ship, you're, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I like how it looks without that. Yeah. But you can't – there's a thing in the Nexus where you can set up missions – for a mul- a specifically multiplayer missions and people can come in and join and they'll it'll send you to where you need to go to do the mission and you get like you, the my, my issue with that is you, the, the rewards for doing that are not any better generally than doing just individual missions from the the normal space stations like if you want me to team up with a bunch of yahoos you're gonna have to give me something I can't get otherwise yeah and so so I would I would maybe tweak that but that is obviously a big thing that you just in fact you can hang out as long as, although again like I said they can kill you. 
So um, it, by accident or into, or people tr- trolling. Have and they not around. patched it yet? It's not still there. If it is, I I've still seen people running around doing that. Maybe they maybe they did patch it. Oh, so you it, have the douchebags who are just trying to yeah. kill people all over the place. But oh, you, go, you go into the settings and uh, under network settings, you pick uh, you turn off player damage, uh, and they can't hurt you anymore. Pro tip. So I would do that before you go to the next. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then the third pillar is just kind of general quality of life and improvements and changes. And uh, those are huge. And they added they added power to the base building. Uh, I was not a huge fan of that. I mean, the first impression on that is you go back to your base and nothing works anymore because there's no power. Uh, the first uh, recipe you have is just a biofuel generator, which is cheap enough to build, but it takes thousands of carbon to power it for like an hour. Like it's the, the the it's completely Why? inefficient. So Why? so the solution is. Um, uh, Why would they do that? I don't know. Well, there's all there's to I guess force you to like think about what you're going to build first. But like <laughs> the solution is you, that. But that is very No Man's Sky. Yeah. Because uh, look, I haven't so- played it in a while. But that was the type of stuff that always happened in this game. You're just like. Oh, I just figured this out. Oh, but there's one other hurdle. Mm-hmm. They're all, they always put that, like, caveat. So for a while, I built solar panels. So the solar panels only work during the day. But you can hook batteries to them, and the batteries will fill with charge. Wow. So overnight, they'll discharge the power through that. The real solution is to go to the Nexus and buy new tech that solves the problem. The t- the, so what you need is the electromagnetic generator, which is another power thing you can buy from the tech tree there. And uh, it's a survey analysis uh, upgrade for the visor and so what you do is you go down to a planet you switch to the survey upgrade on, while you're in the scope mode and it will show you hot spots for various there's hot spots for gas mining hot spots for element mining and there's a hot spot electromagnetic hot spot that's what you want and they're rated uh, grade C B A and S and what you do is you find one I found one that was an A which was good you know the, the higher the grade the better the more output you get so you go, you find the hotspot, you basically you zero in on it with the little meter on the thing, and then you scan for it, and there it is. And then you can drop down an electromagnetic generator on the hotspot, and that generates a ton of power. Ah, uh, okay. So with dropping one, so what I did is I, I found a, a B-rated electromagnetic hotspot, I dropped the, the, the generator on it, and then I moved my base there. And that had triple the power I needed to run the base, and yeah. it never runs out. This this does demonstrate, like one of the reasons why I did not like No Man's mm. Sky is because this stuff is is just way too complicated. They they make you focus too much on the stuff that isn't fun. Well, they don't. That's the thing is you don't have to do any of this, but it helps because you you can generate resources and get right. I mean, you ability. do kind of have to though. If you, you really want. don't, I've not needed to harvest anything in my base. Uh, I've found way more rare stuff and like the weird you know plants that grow various places, like the cactus flesh and all that. I mean, I haven't I haven't had a problem with that. I haven't because okay. I, I, I didn't figure out how to get my uh, planters back up and running for like another seven hours. You know, because they weren't working, and because I'd forgotten that. Uh, you don't interact with them anymore to plant the stuff. You just pull the, the the flower up you want to plant from your build menu and stick it right in the thing, which was, oh, I forgot that that's how that worked. Because the other thing is that's nice is one of the problems with the hydroponic uh, trays was you had to continually throw fuel into them. Yeah, I know. I gave up after a while. Well, now with the power system, if as long as they're in your base, you don't need to do that. They're oh, always just good. powered. That's good. Um, so so it does simplify some things once you figure that out. And then like as you as you sort of figure out how the power works and how you can extend, how far you can send the power, and then like if you can find like a um, 
like this is a thing that I learned on YouTube, like you can find a, a rare mineral deposit with the, with the same scanner near your base, you can set up this crazy, like, you know, mineral harvester thing there. And, you know, you, you have all these mineral, mineral like 16 mineral harvesters, and you're, you're shunting them all into like 16 um, uh, depositories for the, for the, you know, what they're collecting. You're collecting like 9,000, 10,000 of these things an hour. And if you're getting like a rare one, like at a blue star or a red star, like uh, um, indium, like that, that you're make you, you get the 9,000, 10,000 out of your storage, like every once in a while, that sells for like 4 million. So you're, you're, and if you expand it further and further, as much as the electrical grid can hold, you're making like a hundred million, hundred million units a day. Um, and you never have to worry about money again. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Uh, you can do the same thing with hydroponic stuff. You can just have huge fields of things growing now that that's you, can, cool. you can do that. What about narratively? Are there any, is there anything added for that? Is there any kind um, of a threadbare plot or anything i mean they added like a 30-hour story last year um so the whole atlas purge thing and the artemis story is all still there but they didn't add um, anything with beyond if they did i haven't seen it okay um i mean granted i have not reset the universe um because i'm too busy screwing working around. on the one you got yeah pretty yeah. much um but it, you know that's still there it's and and they've added a lot of um kind of flavor text to things like it's you know running into the various travelers and like you know that are also like you like not the not the three alien races but the travelers and like they move around now so that's one of the interesting things is like uh you know previously all the aliens you'd run into were just sort of standing there or sitting there they all get up and move around now okay so like it feels a little more alive alive yeah uh like you go to like find like a one of those like little like you know isolated bases and like sometimes they'll be in the base but sometimes they'll be out like fixing oh, stuff out, or like out and about they'll be, yeah, they'll be wandering around like it's not it like makes it feel more realistic yeah it just feels like. a little more lived in kind of yeah. uh, and one thing they did that because one of the main reasons to talk to aliens in this is to learn their words right um, and one of the problems when they move around a lot is you forget which ones you talk to oh like, yeah you just talk, talk to this guy but now they he's over here and they all kind of look the same yeah. but they added a thing where if you talk to a person uh, talk to an alien uh, and then you you highlight them. You see their name again underneath. If you've talked to them already, underneath it, it says visited. Oh, good. So they mark any every alien right, you right. talk to. Little um, stuff like that goes a long. There's way. a lot of stuff like that 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 just <coughs> makes <coughs> playing me. it a little smoother. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I do. I just, and just the fact that like you can carry. You know, I shot up asteroids for like ten minutes when I first started. So I got like you know ten thousand tritium. In my in my ship's hold, which is what you use to fuel the pulse yep. engine, so I never have to worry about fuel again. Nice. Um, the, the expanding so a expanding lot of the resource the, stuff has been the resource stuff nerfed. has become kind of trivialized. Yeah. In the sense, I mean, you I'm still okay need to get that. it, but like you don't have to worry about you know shuffling inventory around as much. You don't have to worry about like that's good. You're never you're not gonna have enough carbon for something. Right. It's just you know it's you can hold thousands and thousands and thousands of everything, and that also means you know. I, I was, you know, I had like, you know, a ton of, say, uh, uranium. And I had like, you know, I had a thousand uranium stored in my freighter and I had 500 in my ship and I had like an ongoing slot in my exosuit where I, if I found more, I'd put it in there and I'd transfer it over. Now all the all the uranium is just in one slot in my oh, exosuit. Wow. You know, so all that combines into like 3,000 uranium and it just sits there and I free up two slots in my other places for like holding other things. Um it's it's just a, it's a much better system. Do you think this is it? Do you think that's the last big update for this game? I think because they're, they're not making money off of this stuff. They're basically just trying well, to Sean make people said, happy who already bought the game. Sean said, "I think they, I think they accomplished that They've mostly last yeah. year, though. I think this was this was a lot of gravy. Yeah. Um, 
I think this is above and beyond. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. called that for no reason. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, they're right. Like, a lot of the, the write-ups were like, this could have been No Man's Sky 2. Like, yeah. you could have called this 2, and it would have been more of a sequel than a lot of sequels Then a lot of are. sequels, yeah. And I think that's right, but they, they did write by everybody. They I, made I, a he, lot of money off the game. Oh, yeah, it sold very well. Yeah. But uh, he said, and I think it continues to sell every time they put out a new big update, even if they're selling for half. You know, they put it, to their credit, they put it on sale whenever they do when one they of do these updates. When they do a big update, yeah. Um, and a lot of people jumped back in or jumped in for the first time, and most of the responses have been positive. Um, I don't I actually don't know what it's like to play from the start, really, at this point, um, because I continue my old saves. Because part of, I mean, I before they oh, it will be so much easier, probably. But oh, like, probably. You well, know, just the inventory stuff alone will make it so much more user. Yeah, but I mean, I I keep my old stuff because I I did the you know I was going around in the old vanilla version finding crash ships and every time you go to a crash yeah. ship you'd find one more slot so I have in my PC save and my PS4 save I have a 48 slot fighter which Jeez. which is which are literally impossible to get now yeah. because the max I think the max slots on a fighter now is 35 or 38 yeah. 38 slots you can't even get that many now and then cuz you don't need that many and then six uh, I mean that was but that was true before this update too oh, okay. like when they changed all the how the ships work in the in the next update last year so, like, you know, certain ships can have can up to 20, fighters can have up to, I think, 35 or 38, and the, the freight of big haulers can have the full 48 slots. But I have I have fighters that have 48 slots, and they're actually, now that, because they're, they're upgraded with, like, various things, you can, they're, they're up to par with some of the A-class ships. But I am still looking for some S-class exotics. Like, you can collect ships now, because you can figure out what the bonuses are going to be and all that, which is a lot of fun. And they look really cool. The, the, the exotic ships tend to not be run down, like, because a lot of the ships have that kind of beat up used yeah. universe thing. You can find, like, nice, shiny ones now that do, like, weird things when they land. It's cool. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So, you I, recommend the free download? Yeah, I mean, saying. absolutely. It's, 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 oh, it's nothing but an improvement, really. Um, it's, the inventory, I mean, the inventory thing was the nicest surprise. Oh, like, you didn't oh, answer, though. Do you think this is it, though? This is no. You don't. You I don't, think they're going to have another update? I don't know if they'll have another update this big, but Sean did say that, like, the reason they've continued to update is uh, he? You know, they all still enjoy the team. Still enjoys going in every day and working on this game. Yeah, and because they had things they wanted to implement that they were excited about and thought it was going to make it a much better game, and I think they were right. Um, and uh, he said, you know, we don't know if there's going to be more, but if we can come up with ideas that like excite us and say, oh, this would be really better to put in the game, and we want to put that in the game, we'll keep doing it. The other problem is the problem is this how game do you top it? How do you make a sequel that's I mean, if I were them, how I would do something completely different. Yeah. I, mean, I would, I would, I not, would even... not jump down that rabbit hole again. No, I mean, I would continue. I would come back to this periodically. Yeah. And, you know, I could see them doing, like, you know, another game, and then, like, suddenly a year later, it's like, oh, here, we put some new stuff in No Man's Sky. Like, here you go. Yeah. Um, I'd be done. Really, what I want is the ability to customize and change the color of the ships. Like, I would You've love. You've been asking for that. For a long time. A lot time. of people have. <laughs> like, if there's one more update, I would want, That's what you want to add something where you can up, upgrade and customize the ship somehow. Even if it's just, like, if you have, if you own a ship with the parts, you can use those parts, parts to on the piece other. together, get a blueprint by owning the ship and piece together your own thing. Or at least repaint the suckers. Because, I am I mean, I love the ship I have uh, on the PC version, but it is the ugliest orange color. <laughs> all I want to do is paint that thing blue or something. That's all I want. That's all I want to do. <laughs> Well, cool, man. Sounds like a good time. Maybe I'll try to get into it this weekend, although I think Call of Duty might be calling. Yeah. We'll see. I'll try. Well, I'll try to do – I'm definitely trying to do the VR at some point to kind of uh, – I'm definitely not doing that. 
just, I just did not have the time or the energy to, to rehook all that stuff. So. <laughs> uh, okay, it's time for our trailer of the week. Uh, those of you who watched the press stuff yesterday may be like, hey, they left a game out that was unveiled. And the reason we left it out was because it's our trailer of the week. And that game is Kerball Space <laughs> Program 2. The baby trailer. The, the, no, the chat's talking about the, the Jurassic Park No Man's Sky thing again, which oh. is my one real contribution to the game. The Swagosaurus Rex. The Swagosaurus Rex. <laughs> uh, anyway, our trailer of the week is for Kerbal uh, Space Program 2. Uh, this is an indie game that became a sensation. It's like a sim cross with like mm. a ship building. It's, it's kind of unique. Um, but it's, the reason... Screwing yourself with physics, the game. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the reason it was chosen... Twofold. One, it's a great video game trailer, and two, it has one of my favorite bands in it, M83. Let's roll it. What a great trailer. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, just on so many different levels. The way it's cut with the music. Like, I, I was telling him while we were watching it, I had my wife last night. She also loves M83. And I was like, hey, they put out a trailer today. 
uh, a video game trailer that has M83 in it. And she's like, oh, I want to watch it, like, immediately. Mm. And she doesn't really care about video game trailers at all. We start watching it, and she's, like, overcome with, like, emotion from the song and the edit with, like, the spaceship. She's like, oh, my God, this would be, like, the best, like, outer space documentary ever. And then the aliens show up. <laughs> she's like, what was that? And I, she's like, those were, like, little alien dudes. And I'm like, yeah, they were. Like, she got totally into it. I do like the slow roll of the yeah. trailer. It's uh-huh. really good. Because you don't know at first, like, yeah. what it is. I honestly probably shouldn't even have said what it was for until you guys watched it. I ruined it for you guys. But anyway, uh, we got a breaking news update from Vincent. Doot, 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 doot. We need, like, a little thing for, like, hmm. for Adam to play whenever we get breaking news. Uh, Vincent says, um... GameStop laid off over 100 people. That's not a surprise. The surprise is that including nearly half of Game Informer's staff. How not surprised are you? I mean, I, it was coming. Yeah. So. It's um, Game Informer's been very lucky. Yeah. It has had GameStop there to float the bill. It hasn't had to go through a lot of the crap that every other publication has gone through, minus, like, IGN mm-hmm. and GameSpot. Like, they've really been the only ones who have been kind of immune to what's happened over yeah. the last, like, 10 years. Even just, like, staying where they are up yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Highly unusual. Really sorry to hear history. that. I hope my friends haven't lost their jobs. I'm eager to... Yeah, hopefully uh, Andy Max still I think he, the show. he will be there. I, I don't think that they... I mean, they, he's the... He's the, he's the, the EIC. Honcho, he's so, the head honcho. Yeah. I, I could not see them running that without him. I don't know. But I have a lot of other friends that work there, too. I'm really concerned about them right now. So I hope they're okay. Uh, That's bad news. But not surprising on GameStop's part. Uh, Let's get to some questions. I'm I'm very happy that I now have the chat up on a PC monitor. I can easily Hmm. read your names and questions without any glasses. Um, uh, Vincent saying Andy is still still, there. You still need glasses, though. I do need. I know. You're right. (laughs) I do. Um, W. Matthew, what game do you think would make a good tech showcase for PS5? You mean PSV? <laughs> and Xbox Scarlet. Uh, for me, Microsoft should use the RTX version of Minecraft. Um, NVIDIA and Microsoft revealed at Gamescom. That looks amazing. I haven't seen that yet, honestly. Um, but what do you think is a good showcase? Um, I guess got to prob- be... Probably Last of Us 2. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I think it has to be something that people recognize. Yeah. Because they need to have that frame of reference to compare to. Mm-hmm. They need to be like, I know what Kratos looked like or Drake looked like or any other character looked like on this other platform. And now I see what they look like on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I don't think new IP and stuff like that are good ideas for showing new hardware. No, and I think, I mean, as, as pretty as it was, I feel like... Great using, question. I feel that. like using Forza is not the most exciting thing you can do. Nope. Like, Cars are going to look as good as they they, they look. They kind of already look as good as I think you kind of hit a plateau with. I mean, if I think Forza Six for the Xbox One launch was about as far as you're going to be able to push that. Yep. Um, you need to see animation. You see light. I mean, I know it's all there in a car game, but it's just so sterile. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, I would love to see them blow the blow the lid off Fable and be like, "Here's what this looks like now," and it's like, "Whoa!" Like, you, if you work with games with like draw distance and stuff, you can it yeah. can be effective sometimes for sure. Yeah, I mean, similar to like kind of like Breath of the Wild did. Yeah, where you're like, "Oh wow, look at that!" Like, look how far it goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for Sony, I mean, I mean, I would like to see. Uh, I mean, if ideally, I don't think they would be ready in time, but I'd I'd say show Spider Man too. Yeah, um, that's your big that's your big gun, frankly. But I think I think it'd be almost as effective to show like um, Last of Us Two or God of War running on PS4 and then running on PS Vive. PS Vive. <laughs> God, I, what if they call it PS Vive? They can't call it PS Vive. That's the name of the headset. <laughs> right, they right? can't do that. 
Uh, I think human characters, too, are always important. The PS Viva. Yeah. Because human characters are kind of the signifier of the Uncanny Valley. Mm-hmm. Like, if they can get human characters to a point where they actually look real, I think that will have an impact on people. Yeah. Because no matter how good they look now, you, you can still tell they're fake. Mm-hmm. I Other think, stuff is getting I mean, hard. God of War would be good for that, too. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that would be far enough along. But, yeah. like, uh, you know, just... I think you're right. Like, something that com- we can compare directly to a, more, a recent release that, like, you know... You said, that looks better. That, that looks obviously better. looks better to me. Yeah. Um... Oh, if, or if you just want to go wow, wow them with like crazy graphics, just throw out Ghost of Tsushima and call it a day. You know, like you know, it, it depends if you want to like just make people their jaws drop or make people. Hmm, that's a comparison that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's a bad answer to that really. Uh, I do want to apologize. A lot of times when we do the Q and A at the end, oh, Jay Reed, Vic, Chevelle, man, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. A lot of times when we do uh, Q&A at the end, we always just take the first couple questions, and people have gotten got good at it, and they're like, okay, they always answer mine if I put it in first. But I feel like we're screwing over sometimes the people who ask a little later. So we're going to start asking some questions from the bottom this time. Uh, Emperor Dread, has Jeff Keighley had a little bit too much self-indulgence with his in-game appearance in Death Stranding? Does he need to be put down a peg with callbacks to him being – I'm not even going to say that. I like him in the work mm-hmm. he does. But I get the vibe that popular opinion cringed a little. But, I mean, I, I don't know if you maybe you shut up late, but I, I did talk about how I feel that his relationship with Kojima is a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how he's not really an editorial guy. He doesn't review games. He doesn't really go on podcasts. He's not he's not an opinion-based journalist. Yeah, he's not a – I guess he's not an influencer. Right. Is kind of what you'd, you'd say. I yeah, mean, so he, he is in the sense that he, he does like a marketing show on a regular basis, but he's not like someone who you people turn to for like objective. To figure out if they want to buy a obje- game. Yeah, objective. Yeah. Not objective, but like, you know, do I want to buy this or not? Because he's always going to tell you to buy everything. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so um, I would never do it. I would never have a relationship with a developer like he has with Kojima. But for his purposes and what he does, like, yeah. one, there's really nothing wrong with it. And I mean, two, I'm friends it's effective. With, I mean, I'm friends with some developers, but I wouldn't do it on a stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. It, it does make me uncomfortable. I'll just say that. It doesn't really bother me, like, in the sense that he's he, – I just don't see a conflict there of interest, really. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. If people are going to take it negatively, then that's their their option. I just, you know, it doesn't make anything Kojima does better or worse for me. Uh, and you can you can take that as you will. <laughs> uh, Vincent says D23 is this weekend. Okay. That was a note from earlier. Uh, so I would definitely expect to see um, probably some fall. I mean, we saw Kingdom Hearts 3 there last year, so certainly they're not afraid to showcase video games. Uh, here's one from the one geo. What's your opinion on the Game Informer layoffs that happened today? Do you think games journalism is going to disappear in the future? Uh, it kind of has. To some degree, I mean, you still got Schreier and and Klepik and those guys. I mean, but, but like, you're literally talking about like two people, Matt. Yeah. I mean, one one thing I talked about on today's high score this past week is that. But you know, it's always been a very rare thing. Like, oh, you know, I, I mean, mean we were blessed to ever have these also, jobs. Also, like, I is mean, Game Informer really the death of games journalism? Because Game Informer was a PR wing of GameStop for yeah, years. I mean, I it's mean, not. It, it's that's not what that was. I don't know. I have respect for Andy Mack as an editorial. Absolutely, guy. but like, it's it's not the same. It's not the end of editorial. If, I, I think mean, they're just the saying end of like, print magazine. I mean, print magazine, unless like what Eurogamer still has a print magazine or, or Edge or anything. Edge like that? St- is still print, but it doesn't have its online in- interface anymore. Oh, it's all, right. it's weird. It went the other way. That it's only print now. It doesn't hmm. have its website, which is so weird. Websites are so cheap to run. Um, 
I said on uh, today's high score this past week, um, you know, people always ask me, like, how do you break into the industry? What do I need to do to, to do what you do? And I used to tell them, like, you know, go to school, get a, go to for journalism or communications and start your own website mm-hmm. and just start doing it. Um, I would not recommend that at all anymore. Now, I think to become a games journalist, your biggest focus should be just building your social media followers. Yeah. Also, like, why do you want to do that to yourself? I honestly, I wouldn't recommend anybody do this. (laughs) I really wouldn't. Like, it's a dead end. Get a YouTube channel and start making hour and a half long dissections of games you hate. That's how you that's how you make some money. I'll be honest with you. It's it's a dead end job at this point for most people, Um, even people who do have like big followings and then go to a website or whatever. A lot of times they just leave because they're mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, like they're leveraging my audience. They're not paying me squat. Yeah. I could just make content on my YouTube channel and make more per year than I'm making. Right. They don't want to pay you. You don't get paid a lot of money being games journalists. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like, the- like it depends what you're doing. Like, like, I don't know. Like, like I would love to know. I mean, no one's going to do this expose, but I would love to know what the situation is with Brian David Gilbert uh, at Polygon yeah. because he is so talented and so funny that you can easily see him doing that on his own. But I think one of the reasons, uh, um, I think one of the reasons his show on Polygon is so good is he has the resources Budget. and infrastructure of Polygon to give him the ability to do those things. Well, I think you saw too with so um, like- I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily leave, but I, I can't imagine he's not sitting there. Th- all, at the same time, he's you know he was in theater. He was you know he's multi talented. He doesn't have to do this for the rest of his life. So we should enjoy that while we can. I would argue that Kyle Bossman should have went and did his own thing and not been a part of Easy Allies because, I mean, let's be honest, his show after like the old editorial crew left Game Trailers, his show was Game Trailers after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what everybody went there for. They went there for him. Um, and I think honestly, it would have been smarter if he just started his own channel. Like he doesn't yeah. even do the final bossman anymore. No, like, I mean it's all personality driven at this point. And like amongst all the you know traditional you know outlets that collapse around our ears, what's still going? Giant Bomb. Yeah, Giant Bomb's still doing pretty well. Subscription based. Yeah. yeah. So, and like and that's entirely driven by those guys. Yep. So who I mean, they are? Be be interesting and you know don't be like us. Be interesting and funny and <laughs> and sparkling and witty. Yeah, build a social media following. Yeah. That's the best thing you can do, and that will pay dividends across everything. Any job that you want in media, you're gonna have a better chance of getting that job if you have a bunch of followers. Also, apparently, three hour takedowns of Fallout Three is yeah. also a, a good way. And <laughs> uh, see a lot of those. We're running over here, so we got a chance for one more. Who's gonna be the lucky person? Uh, Erebus Jones. What's up, brother? Uh, does Sony Pictures pulling Spider-Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe blow back on the next Spider-Man game? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Not at all. Yeah. It's separate things. Yeah. I mean, it'll change what outfits are probably in it for, you know, post-launch DLC or whatever. But yeah. like, Also, like, it probably synergizes even better because the, the tease at the end of the, the game is Venom. And if they're pulling Spider-Man out of the MCU, it's because they want him to be in a Venom movie. So... Tom Holland's still got two more movies in his contract, so I guess they're going to be terrible Sony movies now. <laughs> oh, well. Yep. All right, that's it for Game Face episode 178 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. Thanks to everybody who is on the stream, asked us great questions. Sorry I couldn't get to all of them. Thanks to all the people who subscribed via Twitch Prime while I wasn't able to pay attention to the chat. I'm sure there was a bunch of you. I got a couple of you there at the end. I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be out Labor Day. You guys should be out on, on Labor Day. You shouldn't be using Sifted or doing any of that stuff. 
get out at a barbecue or hang with some uh, friends or family or whatever. But that is next weekend. So stay tuned to our Gamescom Hub for the rest of the week. Uh, we'll be updating that around the clock as usual. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out. Oh, <laughs>